0: All right, and ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be joined by Luke Slayball, who is here with a big announcement that we will give you coming up later on. He's also got an exclusive interview for us with Gentry Williams that will be bringing you the five-star recruiting prospects out of Tulsa. We'll have that sit down for you coming up in just a little while from right now. Plus, we'll have Coach Bo's Football Fix presented by O'Connor Advisory Group and our Tom Fullery Story of the Week at the end of today's show as well. Joining me today for about the entirety of today's show is the one and only Bo O'Connor, Brian O'Connor, the host of the Coach Bo Knows podcast and also joins us for the football fix each week and uh, he is sitting in for Thomas Bridges this week as uh, we had some scheduling adjustments so Bo was willing to uh, hop in the seat and uh, be with us today Bo always a pleasure to talk to you each and every week my friend but always more so when uh, we get a little more expanded time here
1: yeah I've enjoyed this it's always fun to come on here for the full shows thanks for having me
0: yeah and the podcasts you've been going about a month now and i got to say i am highly entertained by the uh, product that you've been putting out there man good stuff and uh, some more good stuff coming in the future
1: yeah we're trying it's you know it, i'm still new to this whole thing so I, uh if you haven't listened to coach bonos podcast it's uh it's two different pods a week we do that inspirational thing on monday and then friday we try to get you warmed up for the weekend it's like a it's like a happy hour and uh the .5 pod it's a lot of fun and We've had a lot of, I've had a lot of fun doing it, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, certainly I-, I ought to check that out. The uh, Coach Bo Knows Podcast available now on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Download and subscribe today. Bo, you happened to catch me the one time that I'm, like, not traveling this month. I just got back from Los Angeles uh, a couple days ago. Before that, I was in Manhattan for OUK State and then Kansas City before that. I'm about to take off for Dallas for a couple of days and then I'm going to be back in Kansas city again. So it is uh good to be home, my friend, but I, I got to tell you, I-, I think I found my life on the road, Bo. I think that's where I belong.
1: See, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a young man's game. Yeah. You're a little older. you like, you like those times at home. You know, it's, that's, Yeah. I, I get to where, and I haven't been able to travel much, obviously with COVID we haven't traveled much, but uh, I've got a couple trips coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So, I'm looking forward to that, and I do like to travel, and uh, whether it's business related or just personal, and um, yeah, I, I, there's times where I really, really like it, and there's times where it's like, oh, I just want to go home.
0: <laughs> I'm just get, glad they're selling alcohol on planes again.
1: That's true. Yeah, I, I'm that guy who has a couple before he gets on the plane, so that's, that's always good because yeah, I, I don't I don't drink too much on the plane. I try to sleep when I'm on the plane. I'm that guy who can fall asleep quickly. So I try to just get my – get huddle in my corner, held up my little seat, and just go out for a couple
0: hours. If there's a screaming baby, the only way to cope with that is with alcohol.
1: That makes me more impatient. So I don't know if I can handle it that way. I just earbuds, turn them up. and I'm also a father. I understand. I've dealt with it.
0: You've been there, done that? Yeah. I haven't. I can't our, understand. Our kid
1: was pretty good about the – the crying stuff for the most part.
0: That was about the only thing Peyton was good about, right? <laughs> well, you know, we're not going there right now. <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. We won't He's go. He's not
1: here to him. defend himself, and I love my son very much.
0: Well, I love him too. He's a great kid. So yeah. we just had to poke a little fun. But
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, but anyways, you know, when I was out in LA, I thought it was hilarious, Bo, that I happened to be at the one game where L.A. saw lightning for the first time in like three years and that they were in a stadium, an indoor stadium, and still had a lightning delay. Like, what were my odds?
1: Yeah. So I, how did that work that you were indoors and had a lightning delay?
0: So because it's open air on the outside, it's basically uh-huh. a glorified carport. Okay. And
1: so, okay. so it's not really – it's not lane. a dome. It's a – yeah. It's a carport. Yeah,
0: I see. I but what I didn't understand, Bo, as far as the lightning delay goes, so they were delayed on getting people in the building because of, you know, the, the COVID restrictions and, you know, it's a little slower getting everybody inside, right? Yeah. Well, there was thunder and lightning all night long. It didn't stop. They delayed the game 30 minutes, but they still went on with it. And there was lightning in the area. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I'm a connected dots guy. And I think that when I looked back at that game, really they just delayed it just to make sure everybody got in the building because there was still lightning going on all night.
1: You know, <laughs> you may be onto something there. That may be true. That may be exactly what happened. Yeah, that's not a bad idea to think about that because, you know, the NFL does not want, you know, to have an empty stadium, right? you know, for their games. So I did Unless find it funny. Jacksonville. Jacksonville, they can allow that.
0: Right. I did find it hilarious. Like, and that stadium was – amazing by the way it lived up to the hype so far so far right yes I cannot wait to go back uh sometime and, and see it again but the the thing for me that was so funny was I get home and I turn on the late local news and that was the very first lead story was oh crap there's lightning in LA and it delayed a football game like you know, for us in the Midwest, it wouldn't be any big deal. It'd be just another day in paradise, you know, but yeah. not so much for the folks in Los Angeles.
1: And then it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah, so I've, I've been in SoCal a few times, and I, I love SoCal when I'm there. Yeah. I went there, not the last time, but a couple years ago, I was there for a friend of mine's wedding. It's been a few years now. And I had to drive from Orange County to San Diego.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, picking up a rental car for them and specialized kind of things. I mean, they trusted me to be the driver. Oh no! Oh, I can drive better than anybody you ever met, and so I'm driving this old this old um, old car down. Anyway, I'm driving and I realize it's raining. I put the top up, you know, and driving along, and people lose their damn minds there when it rains. Like they don't like they they like don't want to go outside. (laughs) They're like, oh, we can't go outside; it's raining. I'm like, it's not raining battery acid; it's just rain. Their roads aren't very good. Like they, they, get, they get really super slick. Um, but yeah, they don't know how to drive in it. And you know, you come from like you know we, you know, you live in you live in Omaha now, but you know here in Kansas, you know, we're used to the ice, snow. You know, it's going down. Yeah. Well, they, they they ain't ready for that, right? You get a SoCal transplant in the Midwest, and the winter time comes, they're Ubering everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they catch the Uber.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm gonna head to the uh, State Fair of Texas while I'm down in Dallas this weekend, and you're going to the NASCAR race and everything. I feel like Bo. If I see an attractive girl and she's just chowing down on the fried food, she's got to be the one, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Especially if she's got a corn dog,
0: right? That, those corny dogs, those Fletcher's corny dogs.
1: You know, uh, you get a corn dog. Um, you know, you got the. Uh, Fried Oreos, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the kind of thing you want in a woman. You know, you just you just got to be careful as they get a little bit older. I say <laughs> that because I'm a wide guy. You know, I'm, a, I'm the big fat guy in my family. So, yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, you, can ball. A, you can wifey up at the Texas State Fair. You, you can find like, the target-rich environment, as you said in Top Gun.
0: Perfect. Just show up with some Waterburger, and we're in business.
1: <laughs> Bo, have you had a better week than John Gruden? Oh yeah, I think a lot of people have had a better week than John Gruden. What about I, Urban Meyer? I had a bit of a rough week, honestly. You know, it's only you know it is what it is. But you had a better I've week had than a better Urban week Meyer, than John Yeah. What about I, Urban Meyer? Yeah, I'm doing better than him too.
0: What about uh, Adam Schefter?
1: You know, I, I'm doing better than Adam Schefter, but I'm always doing better than Adam Schefter. That guy's, <laughs> the, I mean fake news mr fake sports news himself you know i was so glad you brought that up before you we were pre-planning this because i was going to bring it up because you know my feelings with adam Schefter. so yeah he he will be on coach Bo's rants on the podcast this week i will definitely be saying something about adam Schefter.
0: are you having a better
1: week than spencer rattler probably Why all the negativity? We got to find someone who's having a good week. Uh, <laughs> who's having a good week? The uh, Atlanta Braves are having a good week. Cliff the Kingsbury? Red Sox are having a good week. The Kyle Astros Trump. are having a good week.
0: Uh, Dan Sorensen's having a bad week.
1: Yeah. Did, you know, did you, I, I I'm am real. ready
0: to contribute $100 yes. right now to the Dan Sorensen GoFundMe uh, to buy out his contract. And I'm not joking, folks. This is a real thing.
1: Yeah, so tell us about that, because I was talking to somebody about that. I have a comment here in a moment, but go for it.
0: So there is a GoFundMe that's been started by Chandler Waldinger, uh, and he's organizing it for money to go to the 15 and the Mahomes Foundation <laughs> to buy out Dan Soren's contract for $2,462,000.
1: So it's going to you know, Mahomes' foundation. How is that buying out a contract?
0: That's what I'm wondering.
1: Yeah. And at the same time, you know what? I, I think the Chiefs have enough money. You know, I think that if they wanted to, they could make this happen. I just wonder who his ideal was to give him an extension. That's oh, I, the question.
0: Yeah, either Andy Reid or Brett Veach.
1: I mean, that that's like a – that might be a fireable offense.
0: Brett's I mean, having a bit of a rough week, too.
1: They're having a rough week. That whole organization, and it's – Basically self-inflicted in their case, which kind of goes with the story right now. A lot of these are self-inflicted wounds.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, this one Super Bowl dynasty for the Chiefs is uh, starting to look like it's coming to a halt of sorts.
1: I love when you say it that way because <laughs>
0: – I say it ironically, yes. Gee,
1: there is no dynasty. Right. You Man. know what I, I think the parallel is with this Chiefs organization right now? I said it a couple years ago, I was worried about this when when Mahomes had his first MVP season and they made a Super Bowl. And I was like, this is mirroring Dan Marino. Yeah. This is just mirroring that guy's – I mean, the guy who's the – I mean, arguably the best quarterback of his generation. At least Mahomes got one. And and you got to assume he'll have a shot at it. But, man, are you sure it's this season? I mean, their defense is horrible. Yeah, they're it's playing bad. a Steve. They're playing like a Steve Spagnuolo defense. Just put on some roller skates, offense. Get as many of these yards as you want to get. I say that as a New Orleans Saints fan. He was our defensive coordinator for a year. Was the NFL record on yards allowed? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fun times.
0: I'll say this for the Chiefs: the, the thing that they have going for them is the schedule does get a bit easier. Washington this week. The Titans are a good team despite a 3-2 and record. I think they're better than what their record indicates. I do think so. The Giants, and then they play a tough Packers team. Then the Raiders, Cowboys, Broncos. It's not as bad as what they've dealt with for these first five games of what's ahead. The Chiefs very well can turn this around. I think the Chargers are going to win this division at this point, but the Chiefs are certainly – not out of the playoff picture by any stretch. Yeah.
1: Where they're two up, the Chargers are two up with 12 games to play. And the tiebreaker. Tie but they have a tiebreaker now. You can't tie it. Yeah. Because they've already won one of the games. So you can't break a tiebreaker on Um, Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard. The Chiefs are going to have to win – are going to have to play three games better than the Chargers over the last – what is this now, 14? No. 12. Twelve yeah. games, right? So over twelve games, you got to play three games better, and the Chargers aren't playing a first place schedule. Chiefs are, so right. where the Chiefs have the Packers, like you said, and the Cowboys, uh, those are tough games. And I mean, all of a sudden, Dallas is legit. Um, you know, the other one coming up, they've got they have another game with the Chargers in there coming up. They've got uh, you read off the schedule. There was three games there. When I was the Titans with the other one, they be a favorite against the Titans, but. That's no easy win, right? I mean, this is a ten-win, eleven-win team at best now, and we're saying that giving them a lot of the benefit of the doubt at two and three. I'm not saying it's time to you know go into the life preservers, but man, they've got to get ten wins. They got to get eleven to get the playoffs, right? Because they're playing for a wild card unless they can, unless the Chargers play really poorly. I mean, you gotta over 12 games, you gotta outplay them by three, and you gotta beat them head to head in the second meeting. And biological is
0: doing a hell of a job right now with that Chargers team. Yeah, they are. That is no joke.
1: No. Now, what can happen? And you know, I don't want to put the mojo on nobody, but I mean, injuries are gonna happen. You have an extra game now, more injuries are gonna happen. And, you know, the numbers just dictate that. So, but that could also hit the Chiefs, too. You never know. I mean, you know, so I, I'm I'm not inclined to say that one team's the favorite going in right now. Um, but man, the Chiefs have got some work to do. Yeah, it's tough. It's
0: they take on Washington. I don't expect them to have any issues this week with Washington. That's a bad team. It is.
1: They've got a couple of nice pieces. I like their coach, but I like overall, team. they're not. They're not. They're not even the team I thought they were going to be. I thought they were going to win that division, you know, at that ten game kind of thing, ten and seven kind of thing. I think they're. I mean, two thirds of the league is a five hundred team.
0: Yeah,
1: and they're in that. They're in that group, and they could end up with maybe an eight and nine, nine and eight. You know, there is no eight and eight anymore. So, I mean, you could be a seven and ten team and be the same kind of team that a ten and seven team. Is. Right. I just by my math, it's going to take an eleven win team. To get, the play, to, get a, to get a wild card now yeah let's
0: go uh around the rest of the league looking at these uh these games coming up this week uh Thursday night football Bucks taking on the Eagles Jalen Hurts has looked pretty good but not much help around him there imagine that the, the Bucks are really going to have their way with the Eagles the Bucks still has some things to figure out they're not playing to their potential but uh, I, I still believe that we're we're going to see the Bucs take a step up. I think their best football is still ahead of them here.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to be a team that's going to keep moving forward. Uh, they're going to have a couple bumps in the road, too. Everyone's going to. Um, the Eagles, you know, that was a team that you and I talked a lot about how there were certain teams that were going to punt this season. And, you know, the number one team to me that was the punting team was the Eagles. It was like, hey, we got to see what Jalen is. And then from there, let's see where we're going to be going. They've played a lot better than I thought they were going to be. I don't. I don't think they're very good. I mean, they're not a. They're not an eleven win team. Mm-hmm. Not a playoff contender. But Jalen Hurts is pretty, he's pretty good quarterback. But I mean, they. They have something there.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, the uh, Miami Dolphins uh, travel across the pond to take on the London Jaguars. Uh, yeah. The Jags zero and five. Dolphins one and four. The Dolphins. Man, you talk about disappointing. This is a team that looked like they had the roster going in. They just wondered if they had the quarterback or not. Tua goes down. Um, Jags have been such a mess with this Urban Meyer situation and everything. Uh, you, you, I know you talk all the time, Bo, about the Bengals not deserving Joe Burrow. The Jags don't deserve Trevor Lawrence. Trevor's played good the last couple of weeks, but he's just got no help whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I agree, and, and you're right. I mean, you know, I'm the Burrow guy, but it, I Trevor Lawrence is in that same boat. I mean, this is what happens when bad teams get the first overall pick, and you don't, and you don't pull an Eli Manning, um, you know. And I thought I was thinking both these guys should have pulled Eli Manning's on this on their teams. Um, the Jags are a mess. They're gonna be a mess. They're gonna be really, really bad. I mean, they're gonna be historically bad. Could they be the first as 0 and seventeen team? Um, I think Trevor's too good
0: to not get a win.
1: I think they'll get one. Um, but the Dolphins' disappointment, this is to me the most disappointing team in the league right now. Right. Where we thought they were going to be. You can argue it's the Chiefs because we thought they were so much better than a lot of teams. Right. But I, we, you and I talked a lot in the offices about, man, roster wise, that's a great roster. Well, and, the and then to add to
0: that, too, this Dolphins team. Tua was not a big part of their success last no, year. They relied no. a lot on Fitzpatrick. Tua didn't play that great. So yeah. you could point to him being hurt, sure, but that's not an excuse of why they're one and four.
1: No, you know, we talked about that. It's one yeah, Kobe
0: Percent is supposed to be one of the best backups in the league.
1: Yeah, he's good enough. I mean, it, that team was, we thought they were a playoff contender if Tua plays well. And otherwise we thought they were just kind of the middling team, but they were a team that had this good roster and they'd figure out if they were a contender going into 2022 based on quarterback play. But it isn't the quarterback play the problem right now. They're just not good across the board. They're just not playing well on both sides of the ball. And this would have been the same thing had two have been playing bad. They, they just don't seem prepared. And that, Brian Flores is a good coach. He's a guy that I thought was going to be – I thought they'd be better prepared than I've seen them in the short amount of time I've seen them so far.
0: Do you think Urban makes it to the end of the year?
1: Nope. No, I don't. I think there will be a mutiny before he makes the end of the season.
0: Wait, I just wonder I, what happens first. Does he walk out on them or do they pull the trigger?
1: I Their bye week is coming up. And I wonder if they're already thinking about it. You know, it's this isn't working. It's not. And and all the signs are there. They were there. The the bye week is there from the beginning. They were there from the beginning when he went and tried to hire the strength and conditioning coach. That was an issue. I can't think of his name. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Tebow fiasco. And now, you know what? Let's talk about Meyer just for a second. I said this on on my podcast last week. I'm not even mad that the young lady was grinding up on the coach. I'm not even mad about that. You know what I'm mad about is that he's an NFL coach. And the NFL coach gets on the plane and goes back with his team. The college coach doesn't always go back. Maybe he's going to go on a recruiting trip. One thing he was recruiting was with some, with some you know, some stuff. You know, I want to know if his wife knew he didn't go back. She knew. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm not trying to cast aspersions. I'm just trying to ask. I I just, I, it shows me that he doesn't have a clue what he's doing. There's a difference between being a head, uh, an NFL coach and a college coach. The NFL coach, your job is to win games, right? You are there to control the locker room, to, to build the, the the, the character of the team to build the, the, um, I'm trying to say the, camaraderie, camaraderie. Yeah, I'm forgetting where I'm going with it. The adjective wise, there, but from there, I mean, look at like you look at all these great examples across the board. I mean, that's like Belichick and those kind of things. Um, but then you look at college, you're the guy and you're the head coach, the whole thing runs through you. Your hands are on every bit of it. The culture is your culture in the NFL, the locker room is the culture. And you as the coach manage that culture. You can put your own stamp on it, but to put your own stamp on that culture is very rare. And it takes experience to, and winning, frankly, to get there. I mean, you think about it, what coach controls the actual culture of his team's locker room? I can think of a couple in the NFL at Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, guys who have a lot of experience. There are also guys who earned that that those mentalities. Sean Payton's another one. They've earned that because they've had time in the system. Players trust them because they treat their players like men. Right. Urban Meyer's going there like he's a college coach, saying, "Well, what I say goes." And That shit don't work in the NFL. Never. It works when you got eighteen to twenty-two year old boys, right? Kids, so to speak, college age kids. And you say, hey, this is what it is.
0: Well, and on top of that, too, is that any first-year head coach that's unproven at this level, it, no matter who what your name is, you know, if your name was Bill Belichick, but it was your first year in the NFL, you have to earn the respect of the locker yes. room. And he was already failing to do that. And then you add in this whole ordeal. And not that just it, that it happened, But the days that followed of canceling the team meeting, the non-apology apology, apology, and, and all that went after that, this is not just about him having some girl up on his leg, you know, and him putting his two fingers there. It's what went afterwards. And that's always been the case with Urban Meyer. When you looked at how things went down after, uh, you know, he had the assistant that got caught in the domestic dispute there at Ohio state, how he reacted to that and all these other things. The problem with urban Meyer is that when it comes to critical thinking and when it comes to tough circumstances, he does not respond to adversity. Well,
1: that's really well put. I haven't heard it put that way, but that's really well put. And this is going to, this is just, this is his, this is, oh, that's really well put. He, he does not handle adversity well. He's not, he knows, he should have known they were going to lose this many games. Yes. I mean, I, you know, one of my favorite coaches of all time is Jimmy Johnson. He's really the last great college coach to transition to the NFL well. And besides I Pete Carroll. Oh, uh, yeah. Pete Carroll was in the NFL before. Right, right. Yeah. I read Jimmy Johnson's book and he got there and he knew what he was doing. I mean, he knew that this is a different animal, right? You know, He looked at the locker room and says, Hey, I don't have these guys respect. It's why he went and got Miami guys at first, you know, that kind of thing. Cause they, they knew him. They knew that he was going to be who he was, but at the same time, you've got to these these. You're new to the program and you're a new head coach. You've got to establish the respect of the locker room, right? The Respect of the veterans. A team doesn't respect him at all. Right. The only thing he can do now is, and he should have known going in that he was going to lose a out of games. Right. I mean, he knew they had a bad roster. Right. And he should have been coming out and he should have been working harder than everybody else. he should been watching more film than everybody else. He should be at the, he should be the first one there, the last one to leave. And if you're not doing that as an NFL head coach, when your team is the, you know, the, the 13, the three and 13 kind of thing, you know, the old school 16 game season. If you're not that coach, you're not going to turn the dial to 13. Right. Just not. Yeah. Well
0: uh, we'll, we'll touch on urban more in the, uh, in the football fix. Uh, but I, I do want to get to the, the Raiders and Broncos game, and then we'll, we'll circle back and get to the rest of these games around the league here. Um, the Raiders now without John Gruden, um this team you know you play the broncos you're three and two you start out so hot three and oh looked really good but the last two weeks just laid an egg they did not play well the last two weeks now you have a new head coach we hear carl nasib uh is a not playing. uh you know in uh in you know that he wasn't a part of the you know practice that you know in dispute of what uh, was said there, you know, uh, from John Gruden and such. There's some real problems. Just because you got rid of John Gruden doesn't mean that the problems have all gone away with the Raiders here. This team you can pretty much write off.
1: Yeah, I think so too. It, it will take a Herculean effort from a coach. And I know that they've they've got an interim coach now. It will take a Herculean effort to keep that locker room together. Mm-hmm. And if these veterans, the, that very veteran team, they got some guys there if those guys can come together, I think the other part of that is that Derek Carr is not really that well-respected in his own locker
2: room. Yeah,
1: It'd be a different thing if it was a quarterback that was, you know, was the long-term guy. You know, if it was, I don't want to name different names, but if it was a quarterback that everyone liked, everyone respected, and you knew he was going to be there on the next five years because of his contract, then I think it'd be a little easier yeah, that me be the guy who would have to step up. But now you have that thing in, in flux, too. I mean, he's a guy that's likely to get cut at the end of the season just because of the salary cap. So, really, who's the leader at this point mm-hmm. of the Raiders? And it's too bad because those first couple weeks, they came out slinging. They yeah. came out hot as donut grease. And, and were fun. And they were fun. And – now it's all going to go downhill.
0: You had a new stadium. The fans were <laughs> back. 3-0 and starts. Gruden's looking smart. Um, some playmakers there. I mean, that game against the Ravens was one of the best games, if not the best game of the season. <laughs> and now it's just like that, all gone.
1: Their game against the Chargers was fun to watch. You know, going to L.A. And then all the Raider fans show up there. You know, it was like a home game there. Raider fans aren't going to be traveling right now. You know, I mean, we're not going to see that many Raider fans when they come play in Arrowhead. Right. You know, and usually you see a contingent of those everywhere. are not going to the rest of this season. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, more on Gruden coming up uh, later on in a bit. Uh, Packers taking on the Bears. Uh, Justin Fields looks like he's getting better each week, but just no protection, no help. Packers, four straight wins. People were concerned after week one and that performance against the Saints. Packers are going to be uh, just fine here. I, I like what the Packers are playing, and the Bears, no one's expecting them to win this game. But if Justin Fields can have some moments, uh, they'll certainly go big towards his progress.
1: Yeah, they just need Justin Fields to get better every week. Every week, a little bit of an improvement. You know, let the play call and help him a little bit, see him get better. The Packers are the Packers, man. They are who we thought they were. And that little speed bump there at the beginning of week one, they're, they're solid. They're going to be there at the end somewhere. You know I mean? They're going to be one of those top two or three teams in the NFC. Um, and they got, they got the dudes. So, I mean, I, I like the Packers there and I think that they're in good shape.
0: The uh, Bengals taking on the Lions, the Lions, this is like the best 0-5 team I've seen. I mean, they're playing hard every week. They have, uh, you know, a good coach, I think, of Dan Campbell. I think he's doing a good job. Just, they just don't have the talent there around Jared Goff and company. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, Bengals at 3-2, and two, Joe Burrow looking really good. There's a lot of promise, I think, for this Bengals team. What do you make of this matchup? Um,
1: first thing on the Lions, I 100% agree with you. I think I like Dan Campbell. You can see where he's going. They've had a little bit of bad luck in some of these games. That's the best 0 five team you're going to see. They're well coached. They have a little bit of culture they're building there. That's going to be a team. I'm not saying they're going to be a really quality team at the end of the season, but at the end of the season they're going to put they're going to put it on somebody in a game. We're all going to go, oh shit! Uh, we didn't see that coming. I like him as a coach. I think he's a good fit there. I'm I'm rooting for Dan Campbell. Well, the Bengals, you know how I feel. You want me to say it? Here we go again. The Bengals don't deserve Joe Burrow. They really don't. They're going to break. They together. really don't. That franchise does not deserve him. You know, I was thinking of it this way this past week. The Chargers have Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. and if you were to go back right now, you ask hundred people, if you could go back to draft day, would you take Burrow or Herbert? Ninety-nine would say Herbert.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm the one who would say Burrow. But I think mean, it's I like them both. It's way too early. I did, too, and I just look at it and I go, man. Okay. He is handcuffed by a bad offensive I'm out for
0: one second here. Okay. Reverse situations. If you put Joe Burrow with the Chargers, I have no reason to think that he wouldn't be at least close or just as successful, even if not even more successful, than Herbert is right now.
1: I agree. I agree 100%. And I think that – I don't know that Herbert would be as uh, as successful in Cincinnati.
0: And they're both good. I like they're
1: them. They're both. both really good. They're they're two of the future in this for this league. Um and, and you can see where Burrow's got some guys. He's got a couple of dudes. I mean, he's got Jamar Chase. I mean, I knew about him already. We all knew about Jamar Chase. Um, but that offensive line's not very good. Did you watch? Have you seen the NFL films where they put together the um, they had they had Burrow wired up on Thursday night football? Weeks I have ago? not. Okay, so they had him wired up, and they took all the best parts of Burrow talking to his teammates and on the field and everything else. And when they got down 21-7, he just kind of looks at everybody and goes, I guess I got to take over. <laughs> and they come back and win the game 24-21. I mean, it he knows who he has to be. Mm-hmm. He has to put out this, like, just over the top. For them to be – for the Bengals to win games, he's going to have to be the best player on the field. Right. He can't do that every week. So there's going to be games they're going to lose because he just simply can't do that. No one's capable of doing that, not even Mahomes. That's one of my problems with the Chiefs right now. But I think that, man, I just, I feel bad for Burrow, but I do see some things in the Bengals. And they're not a, they're, they're better now than they're probably going to end up looking. Like there, there are like power rankings right now that have them like at 10. And they're probably not a playoff team.
0: The uh, Texans taking on the Colts. Both these teams are one and four. And, Bo, I feel like that these two teams are completely different one and four teams. The Colts have a lot of talent, but a bad quarterback. The Texans don't have any talents, and they have the same record here. Colts are a 10-point favorite. I'm looking at this matchup. Bo, there's no reason for these teams to have the same record right now. I mean, uh, Carson Wentz is holding this Colts team back so much. They had no excuse to let that game slide when they had that big lead on Monday night against Baltimore there.
1: Carson Wentz is who we say he is. Mm-hmm. He's not good. No. It was a huge mistake by the Colts to, to, to do all they had to do to get him. And maybe, you know, maybe they think at the end of the season he's better than he is. That's a good football team around him, and he's the reason they're 1-4. Mm-hmm. Now, for the Texans – They're one and four. They're a bad team. They're a pretty well-coached one and four. They've been in some of those games, and they don't have a lot out there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if I was going to pick this game, I'd pick the Texans.
0: Yeah. I would. Okay. Uh, I'd certainly take them to cover. I don't see the Colts beating anybody in this league by 10 points right now.
1: No. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know that the Colts could beat three or four teams in the SEC by
0: ten. Yeah, let's uh let, let's move on. Okay. The uh, <laughs> I don't want to spend any more time. These two teams do not deserve another. Yeah, second
1: let's football. go. Done with you. You're right.
0: The uh, Rams taking on the Giants. Uh, Giants at one and four. Rams at four and one. Bo, I'm not discouraged by the Rams getting blown out by the Cardinals a couple weeks ago. This is a good football team. Um, Matthew Stafford I know that he hasn't played great the last couple of weeks but they're so good we know what Stafford's capable of here um, if this is their if you want to call it slump I don't know I mean so be they'll be fine they're going to be they're going to take care of business and I don't see them have any problems on the road against New York here
1: no I think mean, they'll beat the Giants pretty good I uh, think the Giants I mean what's the situation with Daniel Jones and the Giants right now he got a concussion last week is he going to play it or not
0: uh so Daniel Jones, his uh his status right now, uh, I believe he is questionable.
1: Okay. Yeah, I just he's played fairly well, but um I think the Rams are really, really good. I think they're one of those teams that's actually going to be a Super Bowl contending team, and the Giants just are a middling team that's trying to figure out who they are.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: he's questionable right now. We don't know uh, his his status. Uh, he hasn't been ruled out yet for Sunday as far as that goes. But uh, Rams, a, a very good team. Uh, Aaron Donald, questionable. But I don't think you need Aaron Donald to beat the uh, New York Giants. Uh, right. anyway.
1: If you have Aaron Donald, you know they'll blow him out. Right.
0: The uh, Vikings taking on the Panthers. This is a game that we will pick later. Bo, I feel like this is a game that could really determine the direction that Both these teams go going forward. This is a a momentum shifting game with the Vikings at two and three, the Panthers at three and two. I I don't know if you call it must win, but it kind of feels like you know you win this one. uh, You're putting yourself in a lot better shape uh, going forward. uh, You know, for for either team here,
1: it's a tape measure game. This is a game where you get to know: are you good? Are you not good? This can be one of those games where the Panthers can go. You know what? We are good. We came out here and played really well against the Vikings and put it on them. If you're the Vikings, you kind of need this game. You kind of need the game because you need to make sure that you beat a pretty decent team. I mean, the Panthers are a pretty good team. And it could be the difference in seeding down the road in the playoff if those are two possible wild-card teams.
0: Yeah, very well could. Uh, Chargers taking on the uh, Ravens, both teams at 4-1 and one at this point, this game in Baltimore. Bo, um, these two teams, they're they're good for different reasons. I like both of them, but this is two contrasting styles we're about to see on Sunday here.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a really fun game to watch. This is a game I'll definitely watch from start to finish. Um, I like what the Chargers are doing, and the Ravens are better than I thought they'd be this season. Uh, Lamar Jackson's playing like an MVP, and this is going to be a good game. This is a game I want to see. This is one of those games you look at and go, let's see how they do here because those two teams could be playing each other in January.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, of the young quarterbacks. So we were talking about Herbert and, uh, Burrow earlier, uh, Herbert and Lamar Jackson, these two, this is the first of many matchups we're going to see down the road. I- I'm excited for, for this, uh, young quarterback battle here between uh, Herbert and Lamar and, and Herbert's got a case to be MVP right
1: now. Yeah, they both do. And, and you're five weeks in, it's hard to, you know, say an MVP now, but, um, you know they are both completely different type of quarterbacks too. Herbert has this cannon for an arm, you know he's accurate, but he can throw down the field like nobody else. And then you've got Lamar who just finds a way to win, mm-hmm. whether that's with his legs, with his throws—he—he he, yeah, if there's a clutch gene. He's got it, and he's—he's he's willing to be a different quarterback one week compared to the next. I like that about him.
0: I do too. Cardinals taking on the Browns. Cardinals are the last undefeated in the NFL. Browns sitting at three and two. Lost a, a nail-biter last week against the Chargers. And I, I, well, I want to start with the Browns here for a second. You know, the Browns offensively last week, 42 points, played a perfect game on offense. No turnovers. It was their defense that let them down, giving up 47 points in that loss. And, you know, all these, you know, talking heads like, you know, uh, you know, Stephen Asshole Smith, you know, want to talk about that. Oh, you know, look at, uh, you know, look at Baker Mayfield. He couldn't get it done. He can't lead a team to a Super Bowl and such. And I'm like, did, did you not watch the game? I mean, Baker's not why they lost. He made all the throws and put his team in position to win. Um, it was the defense that let them down, the defense that made mistakes. Baker has done everything. Like, look at what the Browns were before Baker Mayfield. The Browns have problems, Bo. Sure, they're not perfect, but this is a good football team. They have work to be done. But, I mean, my gosh, can we lay off Baker? And I get it. I know I'm a Baker fan, but goodness gracious, Baker can take this Browns team to a Super Bowl. Baker's not the
1: problem here. No, Baker's not the problem. If you score 40 and lose, the quarterback's not the reason you lost the game and no turnovers no <laughs> i mean no yeah that's that's just ridiculous um i browns defense got to play better uh if they're gonna be a contender i mean they're a pretty good team but they've they have not played well defensively at times um and and then the cardinals i, I I like that team a lot. You, this is going to be another one of those games where you go, okay, well, what are these two teams? Are they as good as their record? Are they not as good as their record in the, in the Browns' case? This is one of those games. I'm going to watch this one, too, because I want to see the two young quarterbacks get after each other. And I think it'll be much defense this game, I have a feeling. How
0: about the Cardinals? 5-0. and oh. Kyler Murray's been playing terrific. That terrific. offense is unbelievable here. Bo, what do you make of this uh, Cardinals team uh, at this point? Uh Cliff Kingsbury there was a lot of doubters going into 2021 and so far his team looks really good
1: yeah I'm one of those guys who doubted him too i, I the offense is as advertised they run up they they can score points with you their defense is playing better than I thought um they're a really good team I don't know if their five and O means they're the best team in the in the conference or their best team in the big football but they're the last one standing at five and0 I mean you got to give them some respect for that. Um, you know, I'm gonna have them a little preview on my pod. I'm gonna have them number two on my power rankings. So, um, but I mean, one team that's better right now, but I mean, I can't, it's hard to fault a five and O team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's simple. I mean, it's hard to find fault in them.
0: Yeah. The uh, Cowboys taking on the Patriots, Cowboys at four one, Patriots are two and three. I feel like for the Patriots, their entire season was about that game against Tom Brady. And, you know, they looked good, but they lost. Then you barely beat the Houston Texans. Probably should have lost that game in all honesty. Cowboys at 4-1 here. Uh, I'm starting to buy into the Cowboys, Bo. I think this team is going to be a playoff team. I don't know if they're, you know, a team that can win the NFC yet. But I don't see the Cowboys having any issues with New England here. I think that the Cowboys are legit – Patriots are uh, in rebuilding mode. Their, their season's over now that they lost to Brady.
1: Yeah. Uh you I think you brought up a good point about their season was based upon trying to beat Brady a couple weeks ago. Um, have you ever thought about this? In your lifetime, did you think that Bill Belichick's team would ever be the, the underdog to the Dallas Cowboys? No. i I'm, I'm trying to believe in I'm starting to believe in Dallas. I am I'm starting to believe in Dallas. They,
0: Kellen that, Moore is looking like one of the best OCs in the league. You know, I'm not a big fan of Mike McCarthy, but I'm not either. Kellen Moore is OC and Dan Quinn is DC. That's a hell of a staff.
1: Yeah. And and Dak's playing like an MVP. Yeah. Dak, if as long as they stay balanced offensively and don't do not if, if they if they stay or they can keep running the football, if they just stay balanced. They're going to be tough to beat. Where you get them is you get them down and you make them have to throw the football. Maybe you got that. You play more DBs. You don't have to worry about Pat Russell and the, the passer as much. Okay. Now we don't, have to, we don't have to stop the run because we're, we we're ahead. You can beat Dallas. That's what's happened in the two games they've lost. But See,
0: the yeah, uh, I, Seahawks taking on the Steelers. It's a shame. This game's on Sunday night football because neither one of these teams is making the postseason. Um, the Seahawks are starting Geno Smith, Russell Wilson out for a while um, with that injury. He suffered. The uh, the Steelers, Big Ben played good last week. First good game he's played all year at this point. Bo, uh, I think the best quarterback in this game is probably Geno Smith.
1: Right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ben's, Ben's washed. He, he looks like Jared Lorenzen back there now. He's He's just washed. It's uh, There's had it
0: nothing been, funnier than watching Big Ben try to scramble right now.
1: Oh God, that's that's like watching. It's like something you see on Japanese TV. You know, it's just hysterical. And you know, he's
0: Gino played fine against the
1: Rams. He did. He he played well. He's not. He's the kind of guy that hopefully can get you 500 while your starters down. I don't know how long Russell Wilson's out, but if he can keep them, you know, moving the chains forward, then. I You're mean, fine, at least till he gets back.
0: Look at what he did, and look at Sam Darnold in Carolina. I can't wait to see what Zach Wilson does in twenty twenty seven when he's out of New York.
1: Twenty twenty seven? Is that how long he's there? Oh yeah, maybe gone in be gone in about eight weeks. <laughs> uh, just he'll be like, "Get me out of here! Get me out of here!" <laughs> you
0: know. Oh, last one for you. Monday Night Football: Bills and Titans. Bills look great. Man, that was painful what they did to the Chiefs on Sunday. But uh, you know the they kind of remind me when it comes to starts of the season, like the Packers. Week one was just a wash; they were not ready. Week one, I think they'd be the first to tell you too. They were not ready for that game against the Steelers. Packers were not ready for that game against New Orleans. But all they've done since is win four straight. Titans at three and two. That's a team with a lot of talent, but Danahill hasn't really played that well. On the road, we're going to pick this one later. Bo, um, you know, we, we talk about statement games and, and checkpoints and such. Huge checkpoint for both these teams.
1: It is. Um, if you're Buffalo, you win this game against a team that you know is a good team. I mean, the Titans are a good team. If you can go in there and stop that run game, show another dimension to your defense, all you had to do is stop the Chiefs last week, and then if the offense just keeps moving, they're they're a tough out.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I think
1: so. I that's gonna be a good game, I
0: think. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of football talk coming up uh here on the Jones Report. Uh Luke Slaybaugh gonna join us here in just a second. He's got a great interview with uh five-star Oklahoma High School recruit Gentry Williams that we're gonna bring you. Then uh, Bo's gonna be back for the football fix. Plus, we'll have our Tom Fullery story of the week, our Big 12 breakdown, all that and more as we continue. Stay with us here on the Jones Report. <laughs> Joining us now here on the Jones Report this week is Luke Slaybaugh. and we have a big announcement to make as uh, he's about to tell us about his next chapter after his time at Fox 23 in Tulsa, and he joins us right now. Luke, appreciate the time, man. I'm so excited for uh, what we're about to announce here, and you also have a, a great interview for us that we're going to get to in just a few minutes as well, man.
3: It's always great to see you. I love joining the Jones Report. Even if the rich baritone voice of Tyler Jones intimidates me just a little bit, I can, I can never reach that status. But I'm happy to announce that we are launching a podcast on your network
0: called Raw Tools. Raw Tools. And it's going to be out every Tuesday. And Luke, kind of give us some insights. What can people expect from Raw Tools? That's such a great question.
3: I wanted something that was raw, thus the name unfiltered, but not limited just to the world of sports. Like I'm a sports reporter, that's my background. I love being a journalist, um, but I wanna bring on the most like diverse, entertaining, riveting people to either tell their stories, to talk about what's going on in the sports world or the pop culture world or anything in general, and really um, have a great environment just a a listening community and a good community of of people who contribute and kind of offer my thoughts on what's going on in the world today. So I I want it to be fun. I don't want it to, I don't want to limit it to one place or one time or one opportunity. Like whenever I see something, I'm going to record it. If there's a good opportunity and a good, a good opportunity to communicate with people and, and grow a listening audience and to be able to do it, to ride the coattails of the Tyler Jones, it's something special.
0: I'm so excited about this. And Luke is going to complete our weekday lineup here at the Studio Soapbox Network. I hold things down with the Jones Report every Thursday. And, you know, all starts on Monday with Coach Bo's show. Then you're going to have Luke on Tuesdays. Then Wednesdays, we'll have Let's Go Racing with NASCAR driver David Starr, me Thursday. And then Friday, uh, Bo ends the week just like how he starts on Monday. So uh i'm so pumped to have luke on board he's so talented and i mean so funny i think people are going to get to see a different side of you luke i've seen that side but most people out there haven't seen you really be you and kind of unleash yourself of some sorts there yeah you know one of my least
3: favorite things being put inside a box and and there have been instances in my career where that's happened a couple of times but if you've seen me out on the street or see me just In a more relaxed setting, I think some of my fellow journalists can confirm that my mind works in a different way sometimes. I try to approach things from a different angle, offer different takes, different life experiences. And I mean, I really owe that to the wonderful people that I've met. So I like to be a little bit off the wall. Um, I I go down the Twitter rabbit holes too much sometimes. I try to to take in a whole lot of content. I know that one of the general rules of the internet has always been don't read the comment section but I'm like an avid reader of the comment section because some of the funniest shit I've heard comes from just off the wall, random, you know, people in their basement in Boonville, Missouri, just firing off comments on a Metallica video. And I just love it. So I've, I've always enjoyed that. Um, and that's what I love about Tulsa too. Like I'm here right now in my kitchen studio, which has been intact since the stay at home order of March, 2020. And, uh, it's really brought me closer to people. The, the city here in the state of Oklahoma, where you're from, is the perfect breeding ground for uh, a great podcast and, and again, a wonderful, uh, I hope, addition to Network.
0: Yeah. Well, and as we build this network, I knew that we weren't going to be able to get very far along without having to bring in a Mizzou guy. I mean, you guys are just everywhere. And this goes to show you folks uh, how well Luke and I work together and how much we're on the same page when a Jayhawk and a tiger can pull this off. Uh, I mean, I'm excited uh, to have you on board, man, and for people to see what we're uh, we're bringing together and, and a slice of Oklahoma, too. I mean, uh, you've had some stops along the way, and in, in uh, you know, in Tennessee and Oklahoma, Missouri, too. A lot of this seems like this podcast is gonna kind of look back and some of the people you've met along the way,
3: yes. And without giving away any spoilers, my first episode, I've already got guests lined up, and one of them, uh, one of the people that I'll have on is someone who's very special to me was a mentor early on in my career, um, but is also in a different place himself in life, and it's like I said, I don't want to limit this podcast to one place or one sport or even one subject matter. Like no. if we can get Lady Gaga on the podcast, she's coming on the podcast. Like For that that's lady, you're happening. invited.
0: Lady Gaga yeah, invited. I mean,
3: not that she would do that, but like I'm I'm blessed to have met so many people in in my lifetime, even just in, in passing moments. Like I met Peyton Man five minutes once. Wasn't journalism related, wasn't trying to Get anything out of him but just met the guy and I was like this is a this is a life goal accomplished like people <laughs> dream about stuff like this like I personally didn't but like I respect it like I love the hustle and so yeah we we made I mean well, you'll learn some of my backstory but the dirty secrets you don't know um from Knoxville from St. Louis from Historic Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, my
0: you know my stops along the way. I I've really been blessed in my career. So Luke, for folks that may not know you, and maybe folks that are familiar with you, what would be your pitch? What would you tell them why they should check out Raw Tools uh, coming up here on uh, Tuesday? It'd be the best 30, 40 minutes
3: of your day uh, if you're <laughs> driving to work. If you're, <laughs> it'll be the best thirty minutes of your life. No, it'll be like. Uh, I want it to be personal. I want it to be fun. And yeah, we'll t- tackle some serious topics in the world of sports as much as you can. Um, once I have discovered at the end of Bruce Allen's emails, absolutely. Like we'll talk about that for sure. Um, but I think I want a sense of community and I want someone out there who might feel the same way as me, but, but doesn't have an outlet to express that or doesn't, hear anyone else's voice really um not that we're going to dabble in any extremist type things no no no. but just like we want i want to make people happy at the end of the day i've got something to share i want to make you happy too we might edit out that part about extremist stuff <laughs> just as a thought <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll uh we'll cut that out later but we really want Thanks. to out <laughs> uh luke Before we get to your interview here, go ahead and tell us about Gentry Williams and not only the football player that he is, but uh, the individual. You've gotten to know him pretty well. He's he's a pretty good kid and he's got a bright future.
3: Yes, this is my third football season in Oklahoma, and so I've known him for a while. Gentry Williams is one of my favorite people that I've met in Tulsa. Uh, He's very considerate, intelligent. He's a good teammate. Um, coaching staff loves him and his good good family as well. Great upbringing. And going to Booker T. Washington High School, he knows that, I mean, he is the next in line of a legacy of great football players. His head coach, Jonathan Brown, went to Tennessee. You think of, you know, Dats Hill and some of the other, um, I'm trying to remember the other receiver that went to Tennessee. God, his name escapes me, but he played for the Saints for a long time. Um, so many. Marcus Colston. No, 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 no. Um, oh, uh, Robert th- Meacham. Meacham, yes. yes, just, I knew that. Yes. yes. Robert Meacham. This is where, you know, they say they say your, your body and your mind doesn't break down until after 30 or so. One, I think I might have broke my wrist at the gym the other day. And secondly, just, Meacham. I met him once, too. I love him. But in terms of Gentry Williams, getting back on course, he has a lot of talent on the football field could play any position you asked him to and would do it humbly. Yeah. And he has really embraced this recruiting journey, and it's not really over. He's going to announce his decision on Monday, and we'll talk about that. We go through the schools, the final four schools that he's narrowed it down to. But you get a really good sense for just where he's at. He's very mentally just strong and present. And, and almost kind of that piece. like he's happy with his decision. He says it's a match made in heaven. He's really happy, and, and while being having both feet in the present, wanting to end high school with a bang, he's ready for the future as well. And so I'm really excited for him. And I'm glad I got to sit down and talk with him.
0: Yeah, well, let's go ahead and uh, get to that interview right now. Uh, here is a Luke Slayball with Gentry Williams here on the Jones Report.
3: He is the number one ranked recruit in the state of Oklahoma for the class of 2022. And on Monday, Gentry Williams will announce where he's going to college. Gentry, in the last week, who's blown up your phone the most?
2: Uh, As far as schools, I would say, you know, I've been talking to USC, Oklahoma, Missouri, Florida. Even some new schools I've been talking to, you know, even though they know I'm committing, they still want me to come on campus.
3: But you narrowed it down to those first four schools you mentioned, right?
2: Yes, yes.
3: So let's go through those one by one. USC just fired their coach, Clay Helton. Mm-hmm. Why keep them in the mix amid all the uncertainty?
2: Mm-hmm. I think just the relationship that I have with some of the people that are going to be on the staff. I think, you know, it's still very uncertain. I think you're correct about that. But I think you just can't diminish the relationship I had before with that type of staff. So that's why I continue to talk to them. At Missouri,
3: you know, defensive backs coach Aaron Fletcher. He had been at Tulsa for six years, which is how you connected with him at mm-hmm. first. How does he bring out the best in his defensive backs?
2: No, most definitely. You look at the talent that he had at you know T U, and then I know Coach Fletcher on a personal level. I was able to get to know his family. so You know, running track with his son and having that relationship. That you know, he's a really good dude, but he's able to develop guys that you know might not be as highly ranked or as talented to be you know that highly ranked or talented. You know, going into the draft and you are already a highly heralded natural talent type guy, how much more could he elevate your game? I think my game can really go to any type of level I want to take it to. It depends on how hard I work, and, you know, I'm going to take myself to any level I can to be great.
3: Florida is way out there. Um, Who were the primary points of contact that made you feel welcome in Gainesville?
2: Yeah, I would say definitely Coach McGee, Garrick McGee. He grew up with my cousin. They're like actually like best friends to this day. So having that relationship with Coach McGee and then Coach Mullen, and when he first recruited me, they recruited me like a week after I tore my ACL, and they did not care. So just still having that relationship was really important. And to my understanding, they still view you as
3: a wide receiver
2: prospect, right? Yes, as a receiver.
3: How do you view yourself today?
2: Uh, I view myself as a, you know, a skillful athlete that can play offense and defense. Um, You know, I haven't really decided which side I want to play yet, but I feel like I can be skillful on both of them. Those
3: first three schools we talked about haven't really been in the national title picture in a few years. I'm curious, as a recruit, what time span do you gauge for a program's success to determine its appeal?
2: Mm -hmm. Um, for me, I've always looked at the recruiting classes before. You know, usually just the two recruiting recruiting classes before, and just seeing the type of guys they're bringing in to see how that program is, what direction that program is really going in. You know, because um, you take a school like USC. You know, obviously they're not you know playing at the best level right now, but you look at the recruiting class they in 21. I think they brought in like the number eight recruiting class. So it's like the change is gonna happen. It's a matter of when. So you, you look at it like that. Speaking of recruiting, Oklahoma has been on fire the past few weeks or so for the 23 class as well
3: as your class. And I'm sure you know several people there at the school who has been blowing up your phone and telling you to come to OU.
2: No, most definitely. uh, Before I even got out here, going back inside, Coach Manning had texted me and asked if I saw the commit they got yesterday. And so, it's just like, I see, you know, the talent they're bringing in. I think the 23 class is probably like one of the, I think it's number one in the country right now. So, they're bringing in some high-level talent. Um, It's just, it's really good what they're doing. It's
3: a great thing. How long have you known your decision, your choice to play college football?
2: Uh, I'd say personally, I've known my decision probably for about two or three weeks. Um, Two or three weeks, has been knowing what I've been wanting to do, but uh, like my mom and my dad, especially my dad, he's like really, you know, like he doesn't like to be involved, but I like him to be involved because he thinks like I think. So talking over with him and just seeing, you know, I didn't even say where I wanted to go to school, but he said it. Shoot. and uh, I think it was a match made in heaven. So,
3: A match made in heaven. How did he react, your father, when you told him the news?
2: The same old though so he, he he don't really have too many highs, you don't have too many lows. um I think that's why I'm able to you know to be myself around him and just c- continue to be great and strive for greatness because you know when you you're around with people you know who don't let you get too high in your highs but don't let you get too low, I mean that's people you want Does the school you've chosen know that you've chosen them? No they they'll probably find I'll probably tell them in the next couple like next two or three days I've just been really busy. But I, I've talked to him. Like, it's not like the communication that died, but I just haven't told him. What's made you busy these last few weeks? Uh, shoot, trying to set up for the commitment. Um, Really, that's been busy. Trying to prepare for a game because, you know, I'm not looking past my senior year. Like, this is a season I'm taking very serious. It's just dealing with that. And then just beginning, um, I will not want to say mixed emotions, but, you know, doing some, dealing with some personal things, you know, trying to, you know, prepare myself.
3: What kind of emotions do you anticipate with this recruiting process coming to an end, a new chapter beginning on Monday? What types of emotions and feelings do you anticipate?
2: Uh, Obviously, I look at it as a long time coming. You know, I think I'm very blessed to be in this situation because not a lot of people get to go through it, but really just ready for the day to come. Um, I understand that even though with me committing, you know, my recruiting process isn't really over. I know people probably still going to hit me up, still going to want me to come out there to come visit. But to be able to know in my head where I want to go right now, it's probably going to be the biggest blessing on me and my family.
3: You had mentioned to me previously, just in our conversations, me as a journalist, you as a recruit, asking about certain places, travel, road games, things like that. How beneficial would it be for a school in recruiting you to be a member of not one but two conferences during your time as a player?
2: Um, that's not really something I haven't really thought about to be honest uh, looking at the conferences and see where they're playing. Um, uh, to be honest I haven't really paid it too much attention. I think you know all conferences bring something new to the table. And just a different element to the game. I think, you know, I'm just grateful for all the schools that really recruited me. You know, it's it's a hard decision at the end that you got to pick one of them, but just really blessed and grateful for the opportunity and to show people at Boogie T, you know, that, you know, we're going to continue to have guys like this even after me. Uh, Michael Tease, Isaac Covington, Jordan Drew, Jaden King. Those are two dudes, you know, later in the month I would be committing, but I'm just I'm just blessed to really be in this capacity with these type of guys to get this opportunity. That's really the biggest.
3: You mentioned something great there. Booker T. Washington High School has such a tradition of not just great players but great defensive backs as well. Uh, You mentioned Michigan having recruited here. Your head coach went to Tennessee. So many great players coming out of this school. Have you ever put into perspective just – how you're one of just the next generation and previous generations of great players to come out of this high school? All
2: the time, all the time. Um, Just like them, you got to want to write your own story. I think that's the biggest thing for me. And, you know, I'm writing my story every time, you know, I get to play football or, you know, run track or just whatever I do, I get a chance to write my story. And that's the biggest thing is um, some great stories have been written before me. So I just want to be a part of that.
3: Whichever college football fan base gets your commitment on Monday is going to be ecstatic, mm-hmm. but they might not know a whole lot about you. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you would want someone to know about Gentry Williams?
2: That's a hard question. You know, uh, the biggest, you Yeah, I know, but the, the biggest thing is, you know, I'm going to give you everything I got, you know, wherever school I go to. You know, I'm a hard worker. You know, I'm accepting this program because, you know, I want to be able to compete. You know, I'm going to compete for starting day one. I know nothing's gonna be handed to me, but I'm just extremely blessed to be a part of that program.
3: Absolutely, thank you so much for your time, Gentry. appreciate it.
0: Thank you. So there you have it. That is uh, Luke with uh, Gentry Williams. Uh, Luke, kind of recap it for us. Give us your thoughts, uh, your takeaways from uh, your time there talking to a Gentry there. Uh, well, the first thing I thought of when I went back and played the audio is that my
3: voice started squeaking again. Um, which as a broadcaster, you hate, 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 hate. Second, you always think of the questions you wish you had asked right after the interview, no matter how comprehensive and thoroughly you went through it. But third, um, I got to give him credit for this. And I I don't think he would have done it any other way, but I, I, I enjoyed how coy he was about all this. He didn't show his hand at all. And for a 17, 18 year old kid to like talk about his future and, being excited to go play college football for an elite school um, to not tip his hand one way or the other, I thought was really impressive. And there are four really good schools that he's choosing from. Um, But I, I got to hand it to the guy that, I mean, the school that he's picked does not know right now. And I think majority of the other schools don't know as well. So it's very much a mystery. And I think it's going to be
0: a surprise for for the fans of the school that he picks. Should be a lot of fun, certainly excited for him. And, uh, we'll be hearing from him in the future, I'm sure. Luke, uh, let's stay in the state of Oklahoma. I have to ask you about this uh, quarterback situation in Norman. <laughs> OU get get okay. big win against Texas. Go ahead. Okay,
3: so I, I forgot how I was going to start this uh, podcast, but I was going to say that I'm doing great after talking with Gentry Williams. Now I am standing on the top of a building on OU's campus, and I am watching Lincoln Riley's reaction come Monday. Obviously, that's not happening. <laughs> Um, but you know, that detail of the story, it, it, it's so poignant. I, I, there are many ways we could dissect this, but the first thing is for OU to go, Joe Castiglione's been the AD there for 20 years, mm-hmm. almost. And they haven't, well, no, it has been 20 years. It was 99. Um, for them to go that long without once considering that that might be an issue. And I don't know the full history. Maybe they've sniffed out people from tops of buildings before, but that really like I covered Tennessee football for three seasons and there was a parking garage, like right across the way. um, I think it was the Stokely parking garage where you could look down and watch and they had someone there when Butch Jones was coached there, they had someone stationed there. Like, don't you dare think about coming up here because the secrets. Um, But I got to hand it to OU Daily. Um, I don't want to misname the authors. I thought Austin Kurt Wright was one of the people on the byline. Those are some big but, J journals there. I mean, it's, it is independent fact gathering. Like that is journalism duty. I thought they did a great job. My one complaint would be this is the secret Krabby Patty formula. Like what's the first rule about fight club?
0: You, you don't, don't talk that. about
3: the fight club. Exactly. So if you gather those facts independently on your own, you have them confirmed, you've got it on video, you've got a photo, you just observed and reported, you were two journalists there, you took down notes, you counted the snaps correctly, like that's all up on you, you're an independent journalist. You don't have to tip your hands. I understand transparency, I get it. But in this situation, I don't think you have to phrase it in a way, oh, yes, we stood on top of a building across from campus, and we've never done this before, and we don't regularly do it, but there was such interest in the situation. No. Like, it's your word against theirs. Oklahoma's on the defensive now. They are on the goddamn defensive right now. They shut down media availability through Saturday. Um, and again, like you said, everything was going right. Yes, they had to bench Rattler, and uh, given some statements I have made on TikTok before, I sound pretty bad about it because I thought it was the West Virginia game. I thought it was pretty dumb for people to be cheering that. And I think Spencer is going to get his act together um, in the next month because it's between the years, but that is, I wouldn't have tipped my hand. I had a friend reach out to me and say, Hey, do you think it's possible that they published the story? The administration saw it, you know, emailed them in a firestorm and been like, where did you get this information? And like, threaten them or something. Uh, I don't think that is an allegation that would be rooted in any truth. And I don't think the university would do that. Um, (laughs) Everyone I think in communications has had a bad day before. I bet it Um, was
0: an academic advisor of some sorts that told them you should probably do this, say where this came from. That would be my guess. (laughs) Okay, and it could be. Again, there's nothing wrong with being transparent about it, but again, it's your word
3: against theirs. And that might sound unethical, but the burden of proof is on them. They can't. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. And Caleb Williams gets more snaps. We saw what he did in the comeback against Texas here. I don't see how this is even a quarterback controversy here, Luke. To me, there's no turning back now. How do you not start Caleb Williams on Saturday night against TZU? Well, I think you do, um, first and foremost. Um,
3: that's going to be a tough game. I think. However, we are approaching the point in their schedule. There are a couple of games that I don't want to say are like gimmies or lulls in the next couple of weeks, but there are, I think, Kansas and Texas Tech are games where if you wanted to give Spencer Rattler a shot at redemption to show that he's still got what he's got and that the O line still has um, what it has, those are the games that you throw him in. And you might even start him one of those games um, because you have such confidence in him and I don't think I I, I don't know what Lincoln Riley is think what his inner processes thoughts are but I don't think he's completely lost trust in Rattler there's still so much raw talent there you could say there's so much raw tools there but there's shameless plug um I there's a way to make this a win-win where Caleb Williams gets his experience and leads the I mean, they're in a playoff hunt. You've, you've got to win right now. Right. OU doesn't win the game against Texas if they don't bench Rattler. And mm-hmm. for that, that this is my mea culpa. Yes, benching Rattler in that game was justified. You don't okay. win that game without it. You've got playoff aspirations. You're the number four team in the country. What will help you win? What will make the boat go faster? Right. I think right now it's starting Caleb Williams against TCU. I think it's letting Rattler – get as many reps as he can there's a perfect opportunity these next three games for him to show that he's still got the magic I really believe that he's going to turn it around in the next month
0: well and the fact that they brought him in and the two-point conversion play the fact that he's still getting first team reps that leads me to believe uh that we're not done seeing Spencer Rattler that yes Caleb Williams I fully expect to be the starter going forward but I would be surprised, Luke, if we're not seeing some packages of some sorts where Spencer Rattler is involved in this offense.
3: Absolutely. He brings so much. He's got a dynamic arm. He can be mobile. I know he's had a couple of hip injuries, been dinged up a few times the last couple of years. That just comes with the territory in Big 12. Um, This almost is going to start playing out like a a Hollywood script in a way, like five-star talent, gets recruited from Arizona to go to Oklahoma, has a setback actually that was one of the things i was thinking about during the west virginia game and i was worried about how Rallo would respond because he's you know 20 years old this is the first time anyone has called for you to be benched before in your life you've been the number one athlete on the field through high school through whatever seven on seven thing you did and now you know your third season on campus second season starting now they're calling for your head like that's uh, that's an interesting reality check, and, and one that I think he can grow from and become a better player in person for. there, I mean, there are legit NFL aspirations on Spencer Rattler's part. He can do it, and I think there's a way for him to retain that draft value, still help his team win, and still help Caleb Williams become a better player. I don't understand why this is becoming like I heard the word Streisand effect used several times today on Twitter to describe what OU football did with their whole media availability thing. And, like, they're blowing this up into some otherworldly – you're 6-0, you're number four in the nation. Like, chill out. The the media is not going to derail your season. Spencer Rattler is confident. I don't think he's too hockey. He's not going to go on this. I think they've already got their
0: toughest game of the regular season out of the way now, too. (laughs) <laughs> you say that you say that um i, I would wonder if baylor Iowa state has left a lot to be desired we don't know who osu is at this point i think that they've <laughs> made their toughest test
3: this, this is a the litmus test was texas they did a great job i think i mean oklahoma state's not gonna win bedlam i've seen the this no. play out too many times but but i think a baylor has given them fits in the past i remember that 19 game A comeback, which the the record comeback that they tied um, against Texas, they were down I think 21 points at a time. Jeez, Um, (laughs) uh, how does this keep happening? Like you've seen the progression of like Lincoln Riley's hair from like oh this you know got a full head and now it's like
0: (laughs) shooter magic,
3: and now it's shut down. It's like it's like watching House of Cards from like season one to season four. It's like jeez, this takes a toll. Like I can't wait for the Raiders and the Giants to call this off season. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be something else.
0: Yeah, uh, Lincoln, start deleting your emails. <laughs> oh, man.
3: Did I tell oh. you that I was a part of – well, I wasn't part of it, but I covered the 2017 Tennessee football coaching search. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll actually – I have to get into it in my first episode, given the guests that I had on. Um, but John Gruden was like – he was the, the picturesque, like the ideal – Coaching candidate in the eyes of the social media mob, of all fans, like when yeah. they went hooligans over Shiano for right. for right or for wrong reasons. Like he he was referred to in social media circles as the white whale. Like John Gruden was like like a legendary mythic, like you have to, it's like idealizing like your first crush, you like idealizing like the dream job. Like it was Tennessee fans, John Gruden, like. God, he's going to bring the program back to back to glory. You know, he's one of us. Which, by the way, is one of the least like accurate things. He's not from Tennessee. He was a grad assistant under Johnny Majors for one season, and I think that's when he met his wife when she was a cheerleader or something. Yeah. Like the Tennessee ties, like razor thin, and they were just like, "Bring Groden home." And in retrospect, now people are deleting all their tweets and being like, "God, oh, I'm glad that didn't happen. We really dodged the bullet there." Yeah, go balls! So, yeah, it's a good
0: time. Yeah, it is. It Uh, got a little bit of time left. Uh, Luke, I know you're a big baseball guy. What do you make of this uh, MLB postseason right now, man? I'll tell you what. um, For
3: all the effort that MLB put into, like, stopping the cheating and the sign-stealing and the the pitch-altering and foreign substances and stuff, it is great that the two teams, two of the three teams that were responsible for the sign-stealing investigation being kicked off. Astros and the Red Sox are competing for a shot in the World Series and that's poetry and Alex Cora is back too like uh, I'm not saying that they're doing that and Dusty Baker may be the least like analytically inclined manager out there um but I am I am so like it's so redundant man like the Cubs won it a few years ago which is great the Nationals won it and I was happy for them and then, like the Dodgers won it last year, and they they're probably still the favorites to win it again this year. I just, it'll be fun. I, I, I'm surprised that I mean, when we're recording this, like there's no games on tonight. There should be. It'll be a perfect game five between the Dodgers and Giants tonight. I feel and, like you
0: know, I feel oh, like ahead. the winner of that Giants Dodgers series is going to go go on to win the whole thing, Luke.
3: Yes, I mean, it's the two best teams in baseball going at it. And when I was, when I had a vested interest, like a rooting interest in baseball, I don't so much anymore. Like I'm happy when certain teams win and happy when other certain teams lose, but no, it doesn't move the needle for me as much as it used to. But back when I was a fan, I learned to want to play the best teams early and beat those best teams at their peak. Like, cause that, instills, I think, a resilience in a club for later in the postseason. You don't want to face the Phillies when they don't have Bryce Harper. You don't want to play um the Astros if they have a starter down, if, if McCullers isn't pitching or if they have a bat out of the lineup. You don't want to face the Dodgers when, God, any of their stars are, are out and down for the count, which I think in retrospect, I mean, the Cardinals couldn't beat the Dodgers and Max Muncie was out of the line at their best power hitter. Mm-hmm. So I learned that you want to play the best teams at their best, and this is a great example, a great opportunity for either the Dodgers or the Giants to favor the way.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. Luke, before we go, uh, let's plug the show one more time and where people can uh, find Gen and you, man. Raw
3: Tools launches on Tyler Jones' esteemed podcast network on Tuesday. It will be available on all the podcast platforms. There will be video segments on YouTube as well, and on my TikTok at Luke Slabaugh, L-U-K-E-S-L-A-B-A-U-G-H. That is also my Twitter handle, where I tweet stream of consciousness things. And that's about
0: it. Yeah. Luke, I'm excited for you. Welcome aboard the ship, my friends. we uh, we got some exciting times ahead, and check out Raw Tools coming out this Tuesday. Available on Apple, Spotify, all your uh, podcast platforms. Should be a lot of fun. Some great stuff ahead. We'll be talking getting down the line. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you, Todd. appreciate it. Big thanks to Luke Slaybaugh for joining us here on the Jones Report. Proud to have him now a part of the Studio Soapbox family. And uh, Coach Bowe rejoins me for Coach Bowe's football fix presented by O'Connor Advisory Group. You can check out O'Connor Advisory Group online, oagks.com, oconnoradvisorygroup.com. Also on Facebook at O'Connor Advisory Group, you can reach Bo by phone at 785-856-0720. That's 856-0720 to schedule an appointment today. Also by email, brian.oconnor at lpl.com. That's Brian with a Y dot O'Connor at LPL.com. And Bo rejoins us right now. Bo, what's going on this week at O'Connor Advice?
1: Man, you know, summer's over.
0: (laughs) How's the weather Oh, sad. I'm already missing the summer of Jones.
1: So summer summer of Jones is over. Um, Hey, the summer's over. What I mean by that is October, late October to the end of the year are actually the slowest time of the year for us. It's the best time for you to start reviewing all your financial stuff. Getting ready for going to go into the new year and the new year, new me stuff we all do. So, man, this is a great time. Go to oagks.com, hit the little contact button, shoot me a, shoot me a message through there. And let me call you, let's chat. We'll see what we can do for you.
0: We want to be
1: your partner, your, it, your financial partner.
0: Oagks.com, O'Connor Advisory Group.com for more. Both the uh, picks this week. This is a tough slate. And by the way, I know we were off last week, folks, but uh, just to kind of recap how things have gone, uh, Bo is uh, top of the leaderboard at 32 27 and one. And last week, he went five, four and one. The week before that, he went six and four. I am sitting two games behind Bo. At 30, 29, and one. Last week, I went four, five, and one. And the week before that, I went seven and three. So, Paul, I'm not far back from you, but I do have uh, some ground to make up of sorts. So here is the slate of games for this week. The college games include number 11, Kentucky taking on number one, Georgia. Georgia, a 23 and a half point favorite in a top 11 matchup. Then you have number 12, Oklahoma State at number 25, Texas. The Longhorns, a a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Number 19, BYU taking on the Baylor Bears. Baylor, a six-point favorite. Number 13, Ole Miss taking on Tennessee. Ole Miss, a three-point favorite at home. Auburn taking on number 17, Arkansas. Arkansas, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Then in the NFL, Chargers taking on the Ravens. The Ravens a three-point favorite. The Cardinals at the Browns. The Browns a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The Bills face the Titans in Tennessee. The Bills a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Packers taking on the Bears. Packers a a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. And then the Vikings take on the Panthers. Might as well be a pick as the Vikings are a one-point favorite. Bo, let's go ahead and get started with our picks this week, starting in college football Kentucky and Georgia, Georgia favored 23-and-a-half. Bo, is that too many points for the dogs?
1: You know, my initial thought was exactly that. It was like, man, that is a lot of points. Then I went back and looked at the schedules, and I said, who's doing what? And Georgia doesn't let anybody score. I mean, nobody scores against Georgia. Kentucky does not run up to score. They've had two games over 35 points, um, one at 35 and two. Those were both the non-con game then beating up on LSU. Um, I be grudgingly in taking Georgia and laying the points because I think that's a really good team. And I think this is one of those games where it's 35 to 7, 35 to 10, something like that. I just Georgia's really, really good. I initially thought it was too many points, but, uh, yeah.
0: Well, we here's win. what I look at with this game. Okay? Hear me out on this. Georgia has been incredible this year against the spread i don't think that there's been a game they didn't cover all year at this point um ride the wave until the wave stops rolling i know that it's 23 points i know it's a lot but george is the best team in america and vegas says so they've been playing great i'm gonna pick them until they prove me otherwise you could make this line 25 i still would have would have bitten at it i gotta go georgia to cover that uh 23 and a half point line against kentucky number 12 oklahoma state taking out number 25 texas texas blew that 21 point lead against oklahoma last week oklahoma state coming off a bye week texas a five and a half point favorite at home bo what do we think here
1: i think like oklahoma state i like oklahoma state to win the game i do i i I'm down on Texas. So you can't hold that lead. I don't care who you are. You can't hold that lead they held last week against Oklahoma. Um, they can't play defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you allow them over 40 a game, you're you're not a good defense. I'll take Oklahoma State, and, and you're going to give me five and a half for the for the for the trouble. I'll take Okie State.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know who wins this game, but I don't know if Texas is winning. I don't think they're covering by five and a half here. Uh, Oklahoma State is going to keep this close no matter what. I like the folks to uh, cover that spread as well. Number 19, BYU against Baylor. BYU gets their first loss of the year last week against Boise State. And you look at the schedule the rest of the way, this game and USC are about the only two tough games left on their schedule. Bo, can BYU respond? Do you think that they uh, can uh, knock off uh, the Bears on the road here as a six-point dog?
1: I think B- BYU can knock off Baylor. Um, Baylor is a much improved team. Uh, Dave Rand is doing a good job there. I think Dave Rand is next coach at LSU. Um, and I think that, but I think BYU is going to play this game at least close. So I like BYU plus the six. Okay. Yeah, this is a close, close game. I can see Baylor winning this, but I don't see him winning by more than three or four. I mean, it's, right. and I do like BYU to win it out. Right
0: now. I think BYU is a good team. They just had a bad week last week. Um uh...
1: They played, um, you know, they played that game at the, on the blue. On the they, they, they lost it at home, yeah. They lost at home, okay, yeah. I, I mean, Boise's is always well-coached. There you go.
0: So. Right, Boise's better than what their record indicates. It's not a bad loss. Uh, I think they respond. Uh, you know, they might not win this game, but I think they can keep it within six points. I'll go with BYU as well. Ole Miss taking on Tennessee. Ole Miss a three-point favorite, Bo. That Ole Miss-Arkansas game was just unbelievable last week. Matt Corral might be the Heisman favorite. I mean, this guy is just unreal. This Ole Miss offense, Lane Kiffin's got something special, and uh, I'm very intrigued to see his return to Knoxville here to see how well Lane's received here.
1: Yeah, he's not going to be received well, um, and they're going to win. They're going to win by they're going to win by a big number as well. He's going to run it up on Tennessee if he gets a chance, and I think he will get that chance. Um, yeah, Matt Corral, I think he's probably the Heisman favorite right now, would you think? I mean, this hasn't been a year where any one person's blown everybody out of the water. Um, yeah, I, I kind of tend to agree with you. I like Ole Miss.
0: All right, uh, last one, Auburn taking on number 17, Arkansas. Arkansas, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Bo, both these teams with the two losses and respectable who they've lost to. I don't think either one of these teams are bad teams here.
1: No, I agree. I believe the team's bad. Yeah. Um, that's what I kind of went back and forth on a little bit. Auburn, when Auburn plays well, it's a good team. If they don't play well, then they're going to get beat like a drum. But I like Arkansas, and I'm going to take Arkansas at home here.
0: Okay, we, uh, we agree on the college picks. I'm going to ride Arkansas. Um, I like what Sam Pittman has done with that program. they got some good talent there. Give me the Hogs to a cover three-and-a-half at home. Moving on to the NFL, Chargers and Ravens. Ravens a three-point favorite. Bo? I think the Chargers are a better team. I think they win this outright, and you're going to give me three points to work with. Give me L.A. here.
1: Well, I I don't disagree with you. I think this is this was the hardest one for me to pick. Um, I I don't see how the Ravens are a three point favorite. I mean, a point or two. You're at home. I took the Chargers as well, but I took them because that plus three. I mean, you're going to give me a field goal, and what I think is going to be a close game. I'll do that.
0: The uh, Cardinals taking on the Browns. Uh, The Cardinals putting their undefeated season on the line this week as they travel to Cleveland, a battle of two former Oklahoma quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. Browns a a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Bo, what do we think?
1: Um, I like the Cardinals here. Um, Again, kind of the thing of I like, the really good team on the road, uh, picking up some extra points. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think that the Cardinals' defense is going to be the difference here. If I had to pick a team up straight up, I would take the Cardinals. So, you know, kind of how you felt about the Chargers is kind of how I feel about the Cardinals here. So
0: Ride uh, the hot waves. Yeah, I don't get why uh, Cleveland's favored by two and a half here. Um, I'll go with the uh, Cardinals to a take care of business. I think they made a statement with that game against the Rams. They're not going away. Um, this is a good football team. I'll go with the Cardinals cover two. Man, we're agreeing a lot here, Bo. Let's get some disagreement here down the That's stretch. Yeah. Uh The uh, Bills take on the Titans. Bills favored by five and a half on the road in Tennessee. Bo, I, I'm not betting against Josh Allen and company right now. I think you have to take Buffalo here. What say you?
1: I think we're going to be 10 for 10 in agreement here. This is going to be awful. Um, I like Buffalo too. I think like Buffalo's the best team in the NFL. And I think they are at least – the head above everybody else right now. I just, I mean, I could argue that the, the Cardinals are the next best team, but I, I think the bills are the complete team in the NFL right now. I'm not picking against them. And I don't, even that spread at five and a half on the road. I mean, they just went in the arrowhead and put up just an absolute whooping on the chiefs. And, and that game was never in doubt. I mean, I kind of, I don't think the same thing will happen here, but again, I think it's seven or eight. It's not out of the, out of the realm of possibility. So
0: the uh, Packers taking on the Bears. Packers favored at four and a half. I'm not betting against Aaron Rodgers. Not happening. I'll take the four and a half. Give me the Packers, even though they didn't cover last week. It was a push against the Bengals yeah. at three. Bears are a lot worse, I think, than what the Bengals are. Give me the Packers to cover four and a half, both.
1: If the Bears had Joe Burrow, I would take the Bears. But I'll take the Packers as well. It's hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers. You're right. And and, then, yeah.
0: Okay. Tell you what, Bo, just to make things interesting, uh, on this next pick of the Vikings and Panthers, and the Vikings favored by one, I will take the opposite team that you take here, just to make it interesting. I have a team that I favor, but not by much. So I'm willing to take who you don't take.
1: Okay. This was an easy one for me. I took the Panthers.
0: Oh well, what do you know? I had the Vikings listed, so okay. we're good. Uh, I don't think
1: the Vikings are very good; they're as good as as they can be. I, I, I think if the team is looking for a coach in a few in a few a couple months,
0: yeah, um, I I don't like Mike Zimmer uh, myself, I like,
1: and I don't like Kirk Cousins. Yeah, so I'll take the Panthers. Uh,
0: I like the Vikings offense better than I do the Panthers offense. I think that they can put up more points here. I think you know that they outscore them is how they win. Uh, but really to me, that's a toss-up game. I really could see either way. That's a good line, Minnesota favored by one. So there you have it. That's our uh, NFL picks for this week. All right, Bo, let's, uh, let's talk John Gruden here. Um, the thing to me with John Gruden, when I look at all this, you know, there, there's so many details. Folks, we don't have time to go through every single thing. Um, but what I look at, Bo, in all this is that, I really liked John Gruden. I was a Gruden fan. He seemed like a great guy. He seemed like the guy you wanted to watch football and have a beer with. And, you know, he was in our lives for a long time as, you know, the color analyst of Monday Night Football and then takes this Raiders job and, you know, brings a breath of fresh air, new life to the Raiders. I was excited about him, even though he was in the same division as the Chiefs, just to see what he was doing with the Raiders. And then we hear about what's gone on the last couple of days with these emails coming out and all these things that he had said. And remember John Gruden, when he was on television, was the guy that didn't want to make enemies. That was not very controversial. Okay. Almost to a point that it actually drove people crazy that he wasn't critical enough. And then he says these things and we find out what they are and, you know, he, he didn't miss a single demographic. He went after he was he had race issues, misogyny, uh, you know, sexist comments. I mean, all offenders. Heck, he even went after Native Americans, you know, made for goodness sakes. Um, I, I feel like we've been fooled that John Gruden wasn't the person that he made himself out to be, Bo.
1: I feel lied to as well, because this is the guy I really liked. I've I've been a John Gruden guy for years. Monday Night Football hasn't been good without him. It hasn't been as good without him. And he was a guy that I thought was – he had a chance when he was on Monday Night Football to be the next John Madden. Yeah. And a guy that just – I mean, universal like you mentioned. I mean, you watch the John Gruden football camp uh, shows. He even said good things about bad players. Yes. I mean, he had had Nathan Peterman on there and was talking like, Nathan Peterman could go win you some games. I'm like, come on, coach. Never had a bad thing to say about people, and he just disappointed me very much. I've always been a John Gruden fan, and I'm very, very disappointed through this whole situation. Uh, He's a guy that I modeled some of my coaching after when I was a football coach, you know, when I was coaching. A couple of my favorite plays are Spider 2 and Spider 3 wide banana. You know, I mean, those are a couple of my favorite things we ran. It was so much of it. I really, I really, I bought into the guy. I thought he was great. I thought he was a great coach and I'm heartbroken in a way to hear these comments because they're not who I am as a person. And I just don't like that at all. And it it makes me feel, I mean, it makes me feel betrayed for lack of a better term. I mean, I don't know how else I can put it.
0: Yeah. Uh, It sucks, you know? And I think John Gruden's done too. I mean, not just NFL wise, but no network's going to hire him. I was looking forward to the day, okay, when his Raiders career is done. Great, we're going to get to see him back on TV, and you know th- that'll be that'll be cool to see when he, whenever his time comes, we're going to get Gruden back. It'll be great, right? That's not going to happen. No networks going to touch him and such. Now, I mean, he, he's going to be blacklisted from everything. We are done with John Gruden in any way, shape, or form now.
1: Yeah, he hit the racism parlay. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, damn. I mean, everything you could be. And I would have never thought that in all the judgment of what you've seen him talk about things. And just, you're right. He's not going to be able to, he'll never be able to do television again. He'll never be able to coach again. And then all the stuff he did when he was not coaching, all the stuff he did with, um, you know, with high school sports and and stuff to keep football safe and those sort of things. Man, he was all in those campaigns, helping high school coaches, helping youth coaches around the country and raising money and awareness. And it's just so disappointing. I mean, even just away from the NFL part of it, it's just disappointing as the person. And I get it that some things, you know, guys say shit when they're in a locker room. Damn it, you don't email people stuff like that. And and, and it really just goes to show what's in your heart when you say those things. It's over and over and over again. I I just – this ain't locker room talk. It's not excusable.
0: Well, and he really – we're not kidding when we say he left literally every stone unturned. I mean, you're talking about him sending pornographic images of cheerleaders without any consent whatsoever. I mean – I thought, Bo, people go to jail for that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I guess I didn't see the emails, but from what everything I've seen, this is just and case closed. I mean, yeah, there's no way to come back. So I hope he saved his money. Uh, yeah,
0: there's going to be a crowd, Bo, that you know cries cancel culture and all this, whatever. But I mean, here's the deal. Here's the deal. At the end of the yeah. day, um. Yes, you can say that all of this was before he was hired as the Raiders, Raiders head coach. And that is true. That is true. But when you look at the way that he went after minorities and homosexuals and, you know, all these demographics, that locker room was lost. He was never going to regain that locker room, even if, You know, you want to make that case that it was before he was hired. And, I mean, you can make that case. If that's the route you want to go, by all means, sure, go ahead. Um, But the the Raiders didn't have a choice. They had to do what was best for this team at that time. And there was no way that these guys were ever going to respect John Groove never again.
1: I agree 100%. And anyone who's now yelling cancel culture, cancel culture, this is your podcast, not mine um come to come to the coach bono's show and i will do something about this and i will say wherever the council culture folks can go on this because this isn't cancel culture this is about who someone repeatedly showed us who they were
0: remember and this is, is the raiders time. too if it was ever going to be acceptable with any organization in the league it would have been this
1: organization it would have been the nfl and the raiders they had no choice. I mean, you're absolutely right. You're, Don't go after Mark Davis for the he, uh-huh. he did what he had to do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he had to do this. He had to, he had to fire. Or however they mutually agreed upon this. But they both know when they got in that room what had to happen. And I again I'm just hurt and offended by it because he's someone that I he's someone that I looked up to. Yeah. To be real blunt about it. I mean, John Gruden someone I respected. I mean, I walked around and talked talking like, tell you something, man. I've been doing this thing for – I can do a decent Gruden impression. I've done it. And now, though, this is what this guy is representing himself as behind closed doors? I mean, again, I'm hurt and I'm offended by it. And I, I, without saying a lot of bad language, I really don't know where else to go with this. There's nothing excusable about this. And In anyone there, trying to excuse his behavior, I don't want to have that discussion right now. I'm not willing to have that discussion. Period. When you
0: see it,
1: as a private business lose. person, I could not hire him.
0: No. No, you couldn't. No. And when you see, but the, he didn't do that. But out. the
1: argument of he didn't, well, he didn't do that. Way worked for you? Well, yeah. But I can't hire that. So why can I keep
0: that? Right. The emails that have come out, you know, it, it, I heard Bomani talk about it, uh, Bomani Jones uh, this week, that he felt like, okay, the first leak about the lips with Demoris Smith was kind of a tease to see, okay, Raiders, you're going to do anything? No, you're not going to do anything. Fine, we're going to release it all. And now we've seen how Bruce Allen looks and all this. And now we've seen some stuff come out about Adam Schefter. And these are all just leaks. There's 650,000 emails that the league is going through Bo, we're far from over with this no I mean, there's going to be a whole lot more bodies to be buried here i mean this is just really getting started yeah. and remember this investigation is about the washington football team i mean they're going to go down with some with some stuff too i mean this is really just now starting to unravel i don't think we've seen nothing yet
1: yeah the to have to jump off the ship now i mean it's bad I read uh, earlier today, uh, USA Today, Nancy Armour had a really good uh, column about this. And the two things she kind of brings up, and I thought about it this way, was this all goes back to the Washington football team and that report or that, everything going with that. Where's the report? I mean, these are all just what's leaked so far. We got to see what's in this report because it's going to be damning for a lot of people. And, And my other piece of that is, you know, where what else is in these emails? If if Bruce Allen's having these kind of conversations with John Gruden, what's he having? What kind of conversations is he having with someone who has some sense? I mean, Jesus, I mean, this is gonna be a horrible finding. Everyone in the Washington organization is gonna to have to resign. They're gonna to have to sell that team to somebody. This is not gonna go well for a lot of people. And this is just the first one. I right? I don't know, I'm not gonna be the guy who says, well, and they they leak certain emails, then more to, to get. I don't know if Bomani's, I'm, I'm a big Bomani guy. I don't know if he's 100% right there. I can see where he's going with it. But at the same time, there's, this is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. This is going to get worse before it gets better. And if they go after Gruden first, who else is there to go get? There's going to be some damning stuff in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're going after the nice guy image, John yeah, Gruden. The guy that everyone Adam Schefter. To write.
1: right. Yeah, and now Adam Schefter. I mean, I've had an opinion on him for a while now. Going right. Back but to I mean, that pretty
0: stuff. good, nice pretty boy image. That's who they're yeah. going after. right?
1: And they're going to go after Schefter now because he's, you know, telling Bruce Allen, this is what you want me to write. I mean, that it's, it's a little ridiculous. And I, I, oof, I I'm, there's a lot to happen here. And, this is not going to be pretty for a lot of people. I just hope that it's – I hope there's not enough situation where someone else that I respect and like has to go through this again. But if they do, then they've made their own bed Because Oh, yeah.
0: If if Urban Meyer pops up in these emails, like, okay. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might not mind it right now. He wants to get out of there. Yeah, he, he's trying to – he's – you know what he, Urban Meyer's doing right now? Urban Meyer's – one, he said – bouquet of flowers and maybe an edible arrangement over at John Gruden's house. And then two, he is just trying to find a way to get as much of this money in his contract as possible. He's talking to his agent every day about all right, how much can we get? How much can we get? Cause he ain't going to be there long.
0: I guess for sure. Um, looking on the field, let's uh, let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs here. Two and three. Um, this team has a number of issues, is there anything they can do that can immediately fix some things? Is there some things they can overcome now or are they kind of just who they are?
1: I So I was watching the game Sunday night and late in the game, I saw they were using Matthew a little bit different. They were letting him get up against the run and play in the box a little bit more. Uh, those are the things they had been doing with Daniel Sorensen, you know, which is what they had done with Tyron Matthew beforehand. I think that's what they're gonna have to do is they're just gonna have to turn Tyron Matthew loose in certain areas. Um, they're gonna have to get him involved to get stopping the run. They're gonna have to get they're gonna have to learn to cover. I mean, they just are not good down the field covering people, and they just can't afford to get in the shootouts. The problem I see the Chiefs have now is. Their defense can't stop people, and they're just hoping that 15 is just gonna save them at the end. Now he's had to do it for a part of the season last year, and then they've had to do it now for a couple of games. I and mean, if you go back and look at a couple of these wins they do have, it's you know, they were still behind and they come back. I you know, the couple that lost the Chargers, this loss, they can't get behind on teams, they've got to come out and stop trying to save the big play for late in the game, start running the ball and start trying to, you know, eat up some clock, shorten the games a little bit, let Mahomes be Mahomes the entire game, not just in the fourth quarter. And defensively, they just, they've got to quit being abandoned until you break defense. But unfortunately, that's Steve Spagnoli. That's what he's been for years, you know, and I just, I don't know if they can do that. I don't think it's time to go to the Magic. I don't think it's over for the Chiefs. By any means, they're still good enough. That They're going to have to be a playoff team. They may even come back and win the division. It's just a really tough road to hoe from here, you know, to outplay your division rival by three games with 12 to go because you're going to have to do. Every game's got to be important to the Chiefs now.
0: Well, and, and the thing I look at, too, Bo, is that – you mentioned so much the reliance on 15 Patrick didn't play good last week against Buffalo. And, you know, it was bound to happen eventually at some point he was going to have a bad night that he was going to struggle of some sorts. And, you know, that's not a knock on Patrick. I mean, he's just human. Everybody has tough games eventually, you know, that you had to go through and this team was not built to overcome that Clyde Edwards. hilaire is out for a while. Now they're potentially looking at a move for Marlon Mack or something like that. Um, I mean, I'll I'll say this. I think that they're going to not be content with who they are, whether it's trading for a Marlon Mack or trying to look for, you know, guys in a free agent market. I would expect Bo with especially them bringing in Josh Gordon too. Brett Veach and company are going to remain aggressive, trying to find little ways they can get better here.
1: Yeah, you're going to have to. They, they should have done anything. They could have bring in Richard Sherman. I mean, they've got to get better defensively and offensively. That line is, is an issue, too. They went and put all that money in the offensive line, you know, early into free agency and then all the injuries up front. Uh, they're going to have to be aggressive with the, with the player personnel. They're going to have to keep Mahomes healthy, and they're going to have to play better scoring-wise on defense. I mean, it's just they're not the same team, and I, I don't know. I mean, I i don't think they're out of it, but they're not the favorites. Mm-hmm. Not by, Now, the same thing, you get them into a situation. Where were we last year at this time on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers?
0: It wasn't good.
1: No. So, I mean, if you're good enough, get in the playoffs, see what can happen. He's good enough to win you a couple games, but it's going to be harder. He doesn't get the bye week in the, in the playoff. He's not going to have home games all the way. That kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's anyone's game now, but it's anyone's game because the Chiefs have stepped on a couple of landmines between the beginning and now.
0: Yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, one more NFL topic for you. Uh, this one might catch you by surprise, Bo. Um, when I look at the Seattle Seahawks and that injury situation that Russell Wilson is in. We know about the rumblings that happened in the offseason that, you know, Russ wasn't happy with the situation and such. And, uh, you know, he's got a potential opt out at the end of this year, or he can opt in and, you know, have two more years on his contract. Do you think that we have seen the end of Russell Wilson being with a competitive Seattle Seahawks franchise? Do you think that he moves on after this year and goes somewhere else, or do you think potentially he stays and they're just not relevant the next couple of years? What does the future you think look like for Russell Wilson?
1: You know, I I don't know about the relevancy thing. I mean, I think that, I think he stays. I don't think he goes. I mean, it's really hard to go somewhere else. It's really hard to walk away from, they'll pay him. I mean, he's going to get paid again. Um, you know, he's likely to restructure that contract, make a little more money. I get kind of know some of the stuff being talked about. I don't see him walking away. I don't see them being irrelevant either. I think as long as you have him, you have some relevancy. But I also think that it's a tough – and the league is not a different animal. When Russell Wilson came into the league, they had the Legion of the Boom. Salary cap helped that you could pay all those guys and you had the young quarterback – they don't have that anymore. It's flipped, but I think the thing that's going to help some of these teams, I think may help Seattle, is salary caps are going to go drastically up the next couple of years. And I'd have to see where they're at on open cap, but um, I mean, it's they're not. I don't think they're one of the teams that are near the bottom on open cap from twenty twenty one or from twenty twenty two. Sorry, I'm now. Nothing's worse than dead space. On a podcast. No, they're one of the top seven or eight teams in available cap space next year. So if they can structure a deal to get Russell Wilson the money he wants, they can still go in there and get some help and get him some help. You know? Right. It, it The hardest part is they're going to have to make Russell Wilson happy. They're going to make DK Metcalf happy. You know, those kind of things. It's going to be hard to keep them all happy. You know? Right. The Chiefs are seeing that right now. Mm-hmm. You know, the Chiefs are going to make some hard decisions the next couple of years with Tyreek Hill and his nephew. And I guess Chelsea's already been locked up for a couple more years, and so does Mahomes. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I don't think he opts out, or if he does opt out, it's opting out for a new contract. Sure. Sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's talk college football now. Um, Alabama falls, and, you know, I'll be honest, Bo, that was really a bad loss. a and was unranked. They were playing a backup quarterback that already lost two games. Most people had given up on A&M with uh, the losses that they suffered against a bad Mississippi State team and a, bad, you know, and a, a really good Arkansas team. But two games, that, you already lost two games. You go out there, you lose on the road like that. That doesn't look good. But Alabama is still Alabama. We knew this was a young team in particular in their skill positions. They went out, they're gonna be just fine. They'll still make the playoff, they'll still be there. I mean, they can't lose another game, but this team isn't done by any means. I mean, yes, it was it was not good the way they played Saturday, but um they still control their own destiny here.
1: Yeah, they get a shot at Georgia.
0: Yeah. I
1: mean, they they're the team that if I mean they they're gonna win the West, Bama will. Georgia's gonna win the east, you know. It comes down to who wins that game, because and if Georgia Jordan can afford to, if that's can their afford only to lose it, to it's Alabama
0: Georgia's in.
1: Yeah, yeah. If Bama wins that game, if they win out and they beat Georgia in the SEC championship, then they're in. They're in the playoff. But if Bama loses, they're out. I mean, right. they're, they're just, yeah, it's a hard, it's a tough one. Now, It's not a good loss at all. I mean, that's a bad that – it's not a bad AM and m team, but it's not a good A&M team. They are not who we thought they were preseason. Preseason, we thought they were a top-ten team. And they're not. They're just not. That's maybe the best game they've played all year. But backup quarterback, you know, congratulations to Jimbo Fisher to be the very first Saban assistant to beat Saban in a game. But uh, uh, all that's going to get him is a raise when he leverages the LSU job to get – another raise at AM. I mean, that's yeah. it. I mean, yeah, for Jimbo, it's good because now he can – he's still going to get a raise even though they're not going to do with the rest
0: of the season. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely I, right about in that. In
1: Bama, I mean, it's a hiccup for Bama. They, this happens once in a while. but And the, Luckily for them, they get the drawing card of, okay, win out, you still win the West, we get to go play Georgia. And Georgia hasn't beat them. Right. Not understating, and you know if, if it's one of those things where they're going to go into the game, Alabama will, with confidence that they can beat Georgia because they've done it. Right a so lot, yeah. If Alabama's not dead by any means, and they're still the second best team in the country. I mean, if, if you think they're not the second best team, you're just not watching. I mean, those two teams, Georgia and Alabama, are better than everybody. Staying in that a bad game. Sense.
0: Staying in the SEC, uh, you mentioned LSU. Uh, if LSU loses at home to Florida this Saturday, could O be out as early as Saturday afternoon?
1: Um, I don't know how quickly he's out, but he's out. I mean, he's. Well, they, uh, I, I got a text from a friend Saturday night saying they called him, Coach O. Oh, you're so gone. Is the new Nick, is the new nickname they're calling him? Yeah. Um, Man, he, he's eight and eight since they won the national title. And they they're not good right now. They're not well coached. They don't play well on offense on offense. The defense ain't playing well, and they're in a lot of trouble. Their game still, they still have Florida. They still have um Bama. They've still got to play AM. Who, I mean, I, I mean who knows who they how good they really are. They just came up beating Bama, so they must not be terrible. Um, they still gotta play Ole Miss. You know, Ole Miss is roll Heisman candidate out there against them. You know, there's a chance that team has six or seven losses, in which case he's gone. He's good as gone. And they've played so poorly, he's good as gone as far as a the chance to get the USC job.
0: Speaking of those jobs, how does the USC and the LSU jobs compare to each other?
1: A really good question. Um, I think it depends on where you're from. I think if you're a West Coast guy, it's important because of recruiting. If you're a West Coast guy, you want the USC job. You don't want to re- recruit the Southeast as much as harder. If you're a Southeast guy, if you're a Florida, Texas, you know, Louisiana, Arkansas, those kind of things, you want the LSU job. Both places are crazy about their teams. I would argue that LSU is probably crazier about their football program. Um you know, the expectations are going to be high at both places. Both expect LSU people, and I'm one of them, we expect, I say we because I'm a fan, LSU, we almost had this, we think we're Bama. We want to be Bama so bad. And when Coach Ogeron came in, and he was a local guy, we all like Coach O, everyone's liked Coach O for years. And him getting the LSU, he was the guy who says, this is my dream job. And he got it, and then he beat Bama and then he won the national title. And it's like, Oh, this is the perfect storm. And then they're eight and eight cents. And there's a lot of pointing fingers, but it's a lot of it is he's not administrated that program. Well, he doesn't have a, a, an offense and a defensive philosophy losing both, you know, Joe Brady and Dave Aranda. these two coordinators. We saw how much they were really doing, you know, I think LSU is going to find a good coach. I think it's going to be Dave Miranda. And um, I think USC will find a good coach. I think it's probably going to be Mario Cristobal. Mm -hmm. And I think they're both going to end up. There's going to be guys who want those jobs. I think it'll be interesting to see if either or both make a play for James Franklin. Mm -hmm. And if he's interested, tell us everything we need to know. If he's interested, he can get either job. But, you know, which job is better? I think that the USC job is a better job for the long haul because it's an easier job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, if you're LSU, you play Bama every year and that's the measuring stick. Mm-hmm. That's what you're being measured against every year. You're being measured against the goat, the real goat. You're going to be measured against Nick Saban. And if you can't beat Nick Saban, you're not going to last long. Well, maybe and- Maybe may that's unfair and it is unfair.
0: I know that USC, you know, did win national titles in the last decade. I get that. But if you're USC at this point with how much you've been down, I think you would be very pleased if you ended up with a Brian Kelly. If maybe you're not winning national titles, but if you're competing and you're winning conference titles, you'll take that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If they keep winning and being competitive in the big 12, big 10 or the pac 12, see, you get all confused. Pac-12, they're competitive every year, they're winning 10 games, you know, once in a while you get in there and get a, a, a conference championship and into a playoff, yeah, I think the expectations are lower at USC than they are at LSU. Right. I think those, those LSU ones are frankly too high. Right.
0: right. Um, looking at the playoff picture, Georgia's in great shape, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, at six and all, oh, I still think their best football is ahead of them. I like the Caleb Williams kid. I think that he can take that offense to a whole nother level. We saw that with him, you know, scoring five touchdowns in that second half. Um, the story for me, Bo, is Iowa and Cincinnati. It's a cute story, sure. Nice to see those guys up there having their moment. I get that. I don't think Iowa's ever been higher than number two in the country. It's probably same for Cincinnati at number three, but. Eventually the honeymoon will end. Ohio state is getting better. I still think Ohio state's going to win the big 10 Alabama. I don't think it's going to be down for long. If they win out, they'll be in, Um, you know, you, you just look on down the line here. I mean, Cincinnati, I, I love the story, but they're not leaving out a one loss Alabama. They're not leaving out an undefeated Oklahoma or any of these. I mean, Eventually, this honeymoon that Iowa and Cincinnati are having right now, um, it, it there's a very good chance it comes to the end. I think Cincinnati's got a better shot to make the playoff because their schedule's you know pretty easy the rest of the way. But Iowa here, I, I don't even think they're the best team in their own conference.
1: No, I agree on Iowa. I disagree with Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's in. I think if they win out, they're in. They're
0: not uh, getting think- in over one loss Alabama, I don't think. I-
1: well, I mean, okay. So here's my thought: is that you're going to have Iowa drop a game somewhere. Okay. You're going to have Ohio State play Michigan. So you got Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa, Penn State. You got too many teams that'll have one loss. Yeah. Between all those, so I think the Big Ten doesn't get anybody in. Okay. And then, and again, assuming Oklahoma wins out. Again, it's an assumption. If Oklahoma wins out, they're in. Right. So now I'm thinking, okay, Georgia's in. Assuming they went out, they've still got the test of Alabama. They win that, they're in. Um, and I think if Georgia slips a close game to Alabama, they're still in. I think so, too. Um, I think Oklahoma gets in if they win out. Uh, the other undefeated teams, you got both Michigan and Michigan State. Again, someone's dropping some games in here. Um, Oklahoma State, you know, Bedlam could be an elimination game for somebody. Or will be. And then from there, the other two, the other ones are Coastal Carolina, Wake Forest, SMU, San Diego State. They don't have any chance. I, I think it's going to be when the when the season, it's all said and done, I think Georgia's in. I think you're undefeated in. I think Iowa's in. I'm sorry. I think Cincinnati's in. I think Oklahoma is in. I think a one-loss Big Ten champion gets in because I do think Alabama loses to Georgia.
0: Okay, so you don't have Alabama making the play. No, I
1: have Georgia winning now. I, I think Georgia's just that much better. I do. I I thought two or three weeks ago we were talking, that we said, hey, they were the one and two, but I've thought for a while that Georgia's defense is, is, is really, really good They've played well. I I think Georgia's the better team right now. So I do. I think right now I would put Georgia in the one seed. Um, I think, oh, you will jump. Cincinnati, if OU wins out, they're a big game. Again, Bedlam would be a big deal for them. Then Cincinnati at three, a one-loss Big Ten champion. What throws a monkey wrench in the whole thing is a Bama loss or a beat Georgia. Then you're arguing a one-loss Big Ten champion or Alabama. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, you'd be arguing that or Georgia because – Alabama will be the SEC champions. So in that case, the argument will be, well, Georgia is a better team than any of those Big Ten teams. Yeah. So that's where I think it's going to go. I, I think Cincinnati just keeps winning. They're in. They're, they're a good team, too. They're deserving of. Right. I think they are one of the best four teams right now. They're playing well. They, You can only beat the teams that are in the front of you. Right. And they've beaten everybody.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, uh, their, their schedule lines up. They still have some work to do now. Right. And They're not likely to lose a game, but it could happen.
0: And they don't have to worry about BYU anymore either. BYU is out of the picture.
1: Yeah. BYU was the team I thought could be that team that sneaks in. Mm-hmm. You know, Because if they had won that game against Boise, because they have a big game this week, those were games that were going to help them leap across. Right. But they had to win them all.
0: Let's go ahead and uh, move on, get to our uh, Big 12 breakdown, staying on the uh, college football discussion, looking at the Big 12 conference. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, what an interesting week it has been since the win against Texas, big come-from-behind win, you know, tied for the biggest comeback in uh, school history there against uh, against Texas, and the young quarterback in Caleb Williams, then we hear Legan Riley, he's not naming a starter, and then he's, canceling media availability because the student newspaper was able to watch practice from a, you know, secret hideout place and get info out there and that whole ordeal. And you know, didn't react too well to it. Uh, but nonetheless, when it comes to this game against TCU on Saturday night, OU's the home team heavy favorites at 13 and a half. I felt like what I saw from Oklahoma in that second half against Texas Bow. It reminded me, similar to last year in that second half against Texas, of a spark that reignited this team and their finish to the season. I think from here on out, we see a different Oklahoma team. Defensively, they played a whole lot better in that second half, too. I think Oklahoma turns the reins over to Caleb Williams. He played so much better than Rattler. There's no need to play Spencer Rattler. I think you go with Caleb Williams. I think the defense is going to be better. I think we see a different Oklahoma team from here on out, and it starts with this game against TCU on Saturday night. What do you think of this Oklahoma team in the aftermath of the Texas win?
1: I don't know how. I I have a real problem with how many points they gave up to Texas. We talked about this a little bit on Saturday. I was teasing you about it. I said, look, man, if you give up 48 points to Texas, I I just don't know who you are. Um, I don't know if that's Oklahoma's real good. Or Texas is real bad. 55-48 is not a game that I'm going to really start to really believe in you. I'll be blunt. I think I believe in Oklahoma State more than I believe in Oklahoma right now. At least to play a close game with people. And uh, I I do think that Oklahoma will beat TCU. They've got KU after that. they got Texas Tech. Here's where I'll know if they're good. I think i go to Baylor in in a month. Mm Mm-hmm. Baylor's defense is getting better every single week. That's an underrated team.
0: Yeah.
1: If they go to Baylor and put it on Baylor, then I'll believe them. Yeah. I just don't, I, I don't have enough evidence for me to believe that they're good. I, I haven't watched as much of them. I watched that, you know, second half against Tulane where they got outplayed, plain and simple. Yeah. They got outplayed in that game. Um, I watched a little bit of the game. I watched the K State game. Again, they didn't look great against K State. Um, The England scored 16 against West Virginia. They made Nebraska look better than Nebraska's worthy of looking. And then Texas, I mean, a 55-48 game, I can't gain any confidence in either team in a 55-48 game. It's like a Big Ten basketball school. I I just don't have a real good feel for those two teams. Sure. I, 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 I want to see more evidence before I can go and say that. Again, I think that Oklahoma's going to win out, and I think that it's going to come down a bit to the bedlam. Right. And I think right now, I, I'm not saying I think Oklahoma State's going to beat them. But that's going to be a good game. Now That'll show me some grit from either team, whoever wins that game.
0: When you look at the way that this quarterback situation's been handled, of it was clear Caleb Williams played a lot better than Spencer Rattler did. And I know Spencer is a former – you know, five-star talent, number one quarterback coming out. But not naming Williams the starter right away this week, splitting first-team reps, you know, shutting out the media and how Lincoln Riley has reacted and all this. Bo, uh, I'm curious from your vantage point as a coach, I think he's completely mismanaged that. Um, Why would you not just go ahead and say, look, Caleb did a great job. He won the locker room over. He led us on a comeback victory. He's our guy going forward. We're riding and die with him. Why would you make a quarterback controversy if you don't have to?
1: I I don't know. I, I my only inclination is that you're trying to protect the player from going to the portal. I think that's all it is. I, I it is very poorly handled. And and maybe it's that he's not sure that he wants to change quarterbacks. I I don't know. I, I I'm of the belief if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: need to have one. You need to have one that is your guy. I, you know, they change from, you know, back to the backup quarterback. He comes in, plays well. You know, again, how much of that is the backup quarterback? Is that situation? How much of it is Texas' defense? These are the things that Lincoln Riley has to be thinking about right now. So, I, I don't know. I, I think – He's misplaced, mismatched is really poorly. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah I there's any excuse
0: for that. Oklahoma State taking down Texas. We picked this game a little while ago. Um, Cowboys coming in number 12 in the land. Their defense is coming together. That offense is so up and down. Um, but both these teams run the ball so well. B. John Robinson, I don't know why Texas got away from the run game against Oh, you, because B. John Robinson was just terrific, and then they stopped running the football. I mean, he might be the best player in college football.
1: Yeah, and with a lead, they got away from running the football. That's just poor coaching.
0: I think the team that runs the ball better wins this game, Mo.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that you have to be able to run the football because it controls the clock. Right. You cannot put yourself in a situation where you're three and out, where you've got it. In the, in the in the passing game, the most important thing is to get the first first down. Right. And if you cannot do that successfully, consistently, then you need to start running the football. There are very few teams who just come out winging around.
2: Right. The teams
1: that do winging around, they play 55-48 games, which to me is not fun football to watch.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: I have a defensive stand once in a while. I mean, that was – I mean, that was 103 points in that game last week. I mean, I, I have zero respect right now for those. I mean, just horrible. You should never play a game 55-48. Never. I don't give any damn prize.
0: You're still hung up on this.
1: I, I am. This was something over the weekend I just I just, I lambasted you on because I just don't believe in that type of football. I mean, it's just—it's not interesting football. It's just whoever has the ball last. It's like watching an NBA game. An NBA game is not fun until the last three or four, three or four minutes of the game.
2: Yeah,
1: And that's what a 55-40 football game is. It's only interesting at the very end. I would be surprised
0: if this Oklahoma State-Texas game is that way because Oklahoma State is not – what you typically think of a Mike Gundy coach team, this team is a more of a ball-control football team than we've ever seen from Mike Gundy.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mike they Oklahoma State's really good now. And I – yeah, I just – I'm kind of a lost here. I I have zero respect for Texas right now. And I just think that – Yeah. I'm just dumbfounded right now, Tyler. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not good. I'm not good podcast right now.
0: Oh, yeah. You're you're hung up on that. That's okay. Uh, BYU taking on Baylor. This was a game that we picked earlier, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Bo, this one to me, this is a sneaky good game uh, yeah. here. You know, between a BYU team that's very good, Baylor team at five and one here. Uh, I really like this matchup. To me, it comes down to Max Hall and offense for Baylor or for BYU versus that terrific Baylor defense here. I think that's where this game is won, the BYU offense versus the Baylor defense.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, BYU is a team that's coming off that loss last week. And then this week you got, you know, coming to Baylor, who I think is improving every week. They're getting a little bit better. Um, you know, the Baylor defense is good. Um, I do like we picked it earlier. I, I do like BYU, but this is a good game. You called it sneaky good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, well, the last game. Just to backtrack, because I was all over the place. I do think Oklahoma State's going to put it on Texas. <laughs> but,
0: okay. Yeah, okay.
1: But then I, and I do. I think it's, it's going to be a wide margin. I think as well. But uh, now I plug back into my brain here. Um, give me. I, I think this is going to be a really good game. We're talking about BYU Baylor. This would be fun. This will be the kind of game that you want to see when BYU's in the in the Big Twelve.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. A, a Big Twelve matchup here between yeah. uh, BYU and Baylor, uh, Iowa State at K State. Farmageddon going on between these two three and two teams, and uh, the uh, Cyclones are about a six and a half point favorite. K State's put up some fights in uh, in these games this year. They're coming off back to back losses. K-State, not a bad team. Skylar Thompson surprised everyone by showing up and playing uh, against Oklahoma when he was supposed to be out. They got him back. He's a couple weeks healthier now. Brock Purdy has not played great in uh, 2021, but he's known for really turning it on in the month of October. Bo, um, I look at this game. This is a really good matchup here. And no one's expecting K-State to really do any damage in the Big 12, but there was high expectations for Iowa State. If Iowa State's got any hope with the Big 12 title game, they have to turn on the switch right now.
1: Yes, they have to turn it on right now. And man, K-State's one of those teams that just when you think you've got them down, they somehow can hit you with a left hook. I mean, it's just unbelievable. That's what they did. they've been for a generation. The expectations Iowa State had were so high. And they really haven't looked that good. I still like Iowa State in this game, but I mean, it's a game that you can bet. If you're betting, I wouldn't want to bet this game. Yeah, I wouldn't touch this game in a 10 foot pole for money, uh, but it could be a really, really good game. I, I like Iowa State, but it's hard to bet against K State when chips are down.
0: You know, if, if you go to the this team's game, look past. If you go to Farmageddon, you got to wear that MILF shirt that says, man, I love farming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I actually have a memory of a K State Iowa State game. I went to a K State Iowa State game at Arrowhead, like it's like 20 years ago. It was the hottest damn football game I've ever been to. Like I like there was not enough beer or water to keep me hydrated. It was just so so hot. It was like the first game of the season. They played at Arrowhead, and the tailgating was tremendous. It was just rednecks as far as you can see i mean you know i say that as a guy who went to k-state so and, and as self professed uh professed redneck as well but man i'm telling you it's these two schools are a lot alike, a lot alike.
0: man i love farming
1: yeah <laughs> man i love farming. <laughs> last one for you doesn't mean more there no
0: no it doesn't no but they love farming no um Texas Tech taking on KU. Uh, the game's in Lawrence. It's homecoming in homecoming. Uh, Lawrence. Tech, a 16 and a half point favorite. Um, KU played respectable on the road against Duke. Uh, Texas Tech hit four and two. This is a pretty bad four and two team. Um, they get the smack kicked out of them by TCU. They get the crap out of them by Texas a couple of weeks ago. Um, if... KU has any shot at winning the big 12 game. This is their best chance, but they're still a 16 and a half point dog. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, what does that say about KU and how bad they are? right now? Uh-huh. Just, hey, did you, I think you were the one that sent me the article about from Devin Neal. Have oh you sent man. That to me? Yes. man, That made me no. want to
0: cry. That was it. it yeah.
1: I was so, I was so proud. I mean, I don't know him real well. My, I know my kids friends with him. And if you don't know, there's a great article. And Devin Neal kind of had an open letter to Lawrence and, you know, thanking everybody in Lawrence and why he came to KU and it, you want to root for them. I do. I want to root for them so bad. And uh, if they're going to win a game from here on out and maybe it's this one, but I don't see this game even being close or competitive either. There's just not enough horses on the KU side of the ball right now. And maybe that, maybe that changes, but right now, no, it's, I'm rooting for the Jayhawks, but it's just not going to happen. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, that's our uh, Big 12 breakdown for this week. Uh, two more things before we get out of here. We'll get to Tom Fullery in just a moment. But before we do, I want to talk in MLB playoffs real quick. Um, Bo, wow. The Let's start in the American League. You get the Red Sox and the Astros. The Rays won all these games. The White Sox had all this hype. All year long, and now we end up with a Red Sox team that wasn't expected to do much this year, and an Astros team that's managed by that old fart Dusty Baker. I mean, uh, how did we get to this point, in the ALCS? ALCS with these two?
1: Well, uh, the you're right. The Red Sox had zero expectations coming into the season. Um, they played extremely well after the first after the first weekend. Red Sox fans wanted to fire Alex Cora. They lost three games to Baltimore. After that, they went on an absolute tear till the All-Star break. And then in the All-Star break, a different team showed back up, and then somehow the Rays caught them, moved way ahead. But the Red Sox never gave up a hope of who they were. They only made one or two moves at the deadline, but they were really important ones. Uh, Kyle Schwarber's played great. Um, the MVP of the Red Sox, and they have uh, Rafi Devers, has become, uh, and he, to me, he's an MVP candidate. I mean, Kike Hernandez has been incredible for the Red Sox for the last month, and they'll do the playoff run. Um, they've got a fighter's chance, they got a puncher's chance. You know, they got Chris Stigeland up, or Chris Sale can pitch. You know, game one, if you're in a pinch, you can pitch w- one, four, and seven. Probably won't do that. It'll probably be one and five, and then if they have to, a game seven. The Astros are on an absolute mission, though. The absolute mission. I think they're the best team left. Uh, I know that fully knowing what the Dodgers and the Giants have done. And as we're recording this, they play tomorrow, this comes out. Um, But the Astros are on absolute mission to just throttle everybody. And they're going to continue doing it. I don't like the Red Sox chances here. I do like the Astros in the series. And I'm rooting for Dusty, but you call him an old fart. He is an old guy. He's in his 70s. He's never gotten there. He's never won the World Series. I'm rooting for him because I think he's exactly what that team needed. And I'm rooting for the Astros a little bit. I mean that against my Red Sox, but if the Astros make it to the World Series, I will root for them. Um, just because I like the story. They, you know, they got they get totally banged on for the garbage can and all that stuff from a few seasons ago. And that's just Yankee fans with sour grapes, as far as I'm concerned. And got your fans I mean, too. What's that? Got your fans too. Yeah. I mean it's just sour grapes I mean you know every the one guy team. in
0: America that's not an Astros fan that actually is okay with the Astros
1: yeah because everybody cheats in baseball they had to have a new rule in the middle of the season about putting stuff on the ball because right. everyone was cheating I mean everyone cheats in baseball yeah. plain and simple I mean everything's been going on for for a hundred years um but I do think the Astros were on mission. In, in the National League, I mean, well, I guess we haven't got there yet, but in the American League, I mean, this has been a cool story on the Red Sox. They are a team that wasn't predicted to be here. I picked them to finish fourth in the division, um, but they've shown some grit. They're shown they're a good team. Um, they don't miss Mookie Betts, which is unbelievable to me. I mean, he's, he's been the guy. Uh, but they've gotten some contributions from guys. Kike Hernandez, Schwarber was a great pickup. Um, you know, Xander Bogarts and Devers are great and they've been, they've been those guys now. And then just, it just, it's, they do like pitching though. And that's going to be the Achilles heel. They're going to have to go battle. We're going to have to win games seven, five, six, four games like that to beat the Astros.
0: My, uh, my 79 year old grandmother, who is a, uh, diehard St. Louis Cardinals fan, bless her heart. Uh, Her least favorite guy in all the baseball is Dusty Baker.
1: (laughs) I've heard people that don't like him. The knock on Dusty Baker is that he uses pitchers too long and then burns their arms out. I've heard that for years. Um, I'd like to know why your grandmother hates Dusty Baker, though.
0: She can't stand him. She thinks he is the devil. Really? Oh, yeah. I can't
1: stand Aaron Boone. Okay. Yeah.
0: You have good reason to, uh, 2003.
1: We've been good since, though. <laughs>
0: a lot better than yeah. – uh, Yeah, I you.
1: just wanted so bad when he was trying to cry his last, the last week playing the Red Sox. You know, I just wanted him to – somebody to walk up to him and say, your guys aren't savages in the box this season.
0: <laughs> Aaron Boone should be out of a job right now.
1: He should. Well, you, obviously you listen to the Coach Bono's podcast because I went on a rant about how Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman should both be fired.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Talk there's about no reason that team be the all best. All the team resources best. they have. My goodness.
1: Yeah, they there's it's ridiculous that team hasn't won a World Series since 09. They haven't even been to the World Series since 09. Yeah, and and the fact that they were the overwhelming favorite in the American League and, and they played that poorly all season, squeak into the playoffs the last weekend, and then lose the wild card game. Just no.
0: With all the resources to their disposal, it yep. just doesn't make any sense.
1: The fact um, that the Rays are the smallest of the small town teams, yeah, and that they keep, and they keep beating the Yankees it's funny to me.
0: Oh, it is. National League side, um, look, I, I don't care about the you know Braves, Brewers. You know, it's it's the Dodgers and the Giants. Whoever wins Thursday night to me is winning the National League. Those are arguably the two best teams in baseball. I'll even take get a step further. I think the Dodgers Giants winner is your World Champion.
1: Well, on paper I think that the Dodgers are the best team. And who wins that game Thursday night is certainly going to have um the the best chances. The Braves keep just surprising us though. Mm-hmm. And, and they shouldn't be this good without Acuña. Yeah. Got Ronald Acuña playing right now. I mean, he's out. But they keep going. The, the first thing the Atlanta Braves need to do is give Freddie Freeman a huge contract extension. Yeah. I mean, he's carrying his team at times. Uh, Jack Peterson's been a great pickup for them. Uh, I don't think they have the horses to go with either the Dodgers or the Giants. No. But I just – I wouldn't rule them out against the Giants. But I do think the Dodgers have a, just a distinct advantage. Yeah. I, I think we're angling toward a Dodgers – Astros world series. But at the same time, I mean, I I think the Red Sox if they pitch well can give the Astros a time. I think the same thing with the Braves. I mean, the Braves have timely hit. They won't get you're not going to beat the Braves 6-5. I it's would gonna say be the Red four, Sox though,
0: are more likely to beat the Astros than the Braves are to beat the Dodgers or the Giants.
1: I would agree. I would agree with that. And I think the big part of that is that the Red Sox have to stop. It. Yeah. They have, if Chris Sale is on, that's two games you can win right there.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, he can get he can get you into two games where you don't have to score five runs. The thing sure. about the Red Sox is they have to score five runs. Their record, when they score five runs, it, it's something like they win 85% of the time when they score five runs. But if they score less than five, they lose like 60% of the time.
0: 60% of the time, it works every time.
1: Every time, yeah. So, I, again, it's going to come down to their offense, but Sale keeps him in there because he's got two games. That's two times he's going to pitch. He can't be as bad as he was in the game against the Rays. Yeah. He'll never pitch that bad ever again.
0: All right, before we get out of here, time for our Tom Fuller story of the week. No Thomas Bridges, but the news never stops. And where we will go to this time, it is not about – Kevin James finding out that he's the most searched subject on Pornhub in the state of Tennessee, uh, as foolish as that may be. <laughs> uh, right? whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Say that again.
0: It came out on Twitter today that Kevin James is the most searched subject on Pornhub in the state of Tennessee.
1: Mal- uh, Paul Bart.
0: <laughs> yes, Malcott. Paul Bart, Malka.
1: Yeah, so. What's funny to, that, to me about that is the celebrity that I am told I look the most like is Kevin James.
0: <laughs> maybe you need to start at your own OnlyFans, Bo.
1: Man, maybe I'd be moving to Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Only Bo in Tennessee. Oh, <laughs> uh, Where we are going to today is to the mailbag. And when Bo's here, we like to do this because he's always got... Some advice to always help the folks out there. And it is a another award-losing edition of the Unqualified Advice Line. And we have a couple of emails that uh we want to read to you and let Bo respond and share his thoughts. And uh our first one, Bo, is from Elise. And uh the subject line is if my neighbor talks about everyone to me, do you think she talks about me to everyone? Here's how the email goes: Hey guys. Uh, My name is Elise, and I'm a really big fan of the show. I listen religiously, so thank you for everything. Well, thank you, Elise. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, Check out our other shows on the Studio Soapbox Network, um, including the Coach Bo No Show. I recently moved, and so far so good. My neighbors are great, and one is really friendly and always offers me a glass of wine when she sees me get home from work. Most nights I say yes, and when I do sit with her, she always gossips about all the other neighbors who live around us. She literally points to their houses and says, well, this one did blank and so on and so on. When I told my husband what she does, he just laughed and said, I wonder what she says about you or us to everyone else. I laughed, but then I thought about it and he might be right. Do you think she just gossips with me or gossips about me when I'm not there? Signed, Elise. Bo, your thoughts.
1: Oh, she's gossiping behind your back. <laughs> I mean, that's just no question. If if your neighbor is that gossipy with you, and you're not that close, well, she's probably just a chatty catty anyway. So yeah, she's saying something about you and how you're working with with her. You know how you're talking with her to others. Yeah, it's uh, it's just one oh, it's just human nature one oh one there. Um, yeah, so at least don't think that for a second. Someone's not talking about you behind your back. So I don't know if it's negative or positive, and she could be saying some nice things about you. You never know. But, uh, oh, she's most definitely talking about you.
0: Well, and Bo, I look at this. Uh, One thing that I'm reminded of from time to time is that as a society, one of the biggest mistakes that we tend to make is try to bond over gossiping. That's a big no-no. Don't do that.
1: I agree. Yeah, we try to yeah, we do try to uh, bond over gossiping. It never goes well because someone's gonna say tell say it's the wrong thing to somebody later and say, oh, you know, I'll talk to such and such and we do yeah, yeah that never <laughs> goes well. Yeah, keep your so, shit yeah. in house. Keep the, keep it in-house.
0: Keep it in-house. Um, you know, it's it's that whole uh, on the record, off the record thing, right?
1: That's right. Yeah, <laughs> one of those. Hey, don't tell you know. Don't tell nobody. But uh, I saw you know. Anybody that says that, they're telling your secrets to somebody as well,
0: right? Yeah. yeah. Ask uh, Ask Adam Schefter about that.
1: Yeah. He's gonna let He's gonna let Bruce Allen know first, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> Mr. Editor, Mr. the editor,
1: man. Adam said, I yeah. <laughs> told y'all. I told y'all. <laughs> All right. I see things in advance. I see things people don't see. I'm really good at my job.
0: Next email. This one comes from Kat. Subject line reads, Garbage truck wakes up my kids. Hi, everyone. The garbage trucks come roaring into my area at 5.40 in the morning and wakes up my toddler every single time. My husband and I as well. This is even with the windows closed, sound machine on, everything possible to block out the horrible noise. I understand they are doing their job, but I need help. What should I do, Sign Cat? Bo, what can you do about this type of All
1: right. First, I'll quit one. <laughs> garbage man's coming. Be happy that the garbage man's coming and picking up your stuff. Secondly, I don't know. You need to get, get, get your kids some noise-canceling headphones or something like that. I don't exactly know what to do there. Uh, you could wake my kid up if you had a train through his bedroom. So uh, I don't know. Alarm clocks do not even working my kid. Um I, you know, best advice I can give you: just get used to. It. Look, it's once a week. Garbage man comes once a week. If the garbage man's coming more than once a week, well, you got a different kind of problem going on over there. So let's just, you know, move on. Just one day a week. Plan around it. If you know that's going to happen, that's the morning you get up and work out in the morning. Everybody has a big breakfast, something like that. Plan around it. Yeah, be a grown up about this. Shit and quit whining.
0: Well, and at 5.40 in the morning, too, Bo, I mean. Kids got go to, go to gotta get up and go to school. You got to get up go to work. Quit whining. You can go back to sleep. Yeah. I mean, there's, to me, this is a very simple solution. You either get things to cancel out the noise better, which there are things out there, or you just go ahead and get up and roll with the punches.
1: Yeah, I mean. I would plan for it. I'd be like, oh, you know what we're gonna do? If the garbage man comes every Tuesday at 5:45 in the morning, we'll get up and I'll make breakfast at 5:45. We'll sit at the table. We'll have breakfast. We'll talk about something. We'll do something to get ready for school, and we'll do this every week until the garbage man situation is settled. And when it's settled, you don't have to worry about it. What Even way? These solutions. You just gotta think and quit whining.
0: What wakes you up at night, Bo?
1: What wakes me up at night? Yeah. Um, I have a problem falling asleep, but once I'm asleep, it's hard to wake up.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: so I, nothing really wakes me I mean, the thing that does wake me up like in the mornings is if the sun's already up and you shine light in my face. That will wake me up. Other than that, I'm pretty easy. Once I go to sleep, once I fall asleep, I'm pretty much done.
0: Yeah. I'm a pretty heavy sleeper myself. Some days yeah. I'll sleep till if I'm not working, I can sleep till twelve or for twelve thirty in the afternoon.
1: Can't go that far unless it's been a few days and it's Saturday. You know, I could do that then Saturday or Saturday. Yeah. During the week, yeah, I can get till nine sometimes if, it, if I don't have anything scheduled in the morning. You know, that's pretty rare. It's usually about seven thirty eight for me
0: now. Right.
1: You know, the biggest problem I have, I guess, falling asleep. Now, a bad dream can wake me up. I tend to shake those off now.
0: I had a dream the other night. I uh, I, I fought uh, a bunch of people away from death.
1: You fought them off. I see. You right. were going to die, and you fought them off. Right. They say if you die in your dream, you die in real life.
0: Okay. Well, I didn't die that day, so I'm still here. Right.
1: I don't know if it's true or not. I can't remember. I mean, I don't remember the dreams that vividly. Um, yeah. I. You got some messed up dreams. Something's going on in your life there, Jonesy. I won though.
0: I survived.
1: Well, that's good. That means you're that means you're a win. <laughs> you
0: know,
1: you're not a loser like this lady who asked this question. Right. <laughs> 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 oh man, mm-hmm. uh,
0: we appreciate the listeners out there. Uh, you're a winner for listening to this show.
1: So. You are a winner for listening to the show. Unless you're gonna bitch about the garbage man waking you up, in which case, Bill. Well, don't listen to the Bone Nose podcast because you're gonna <laughs> get riled on over there.
0: It's like uh when uh when Peyton Manning the other night was calling out PFT Commenter and he said, Look, I know that we're supposed to encourage viewers and such, but get that guy out of here. We need to stop having but right.
1: <laughs> well, we gotta be honest with the world. I mean, man, sometimes you have to say, you know what, enough is enough, right? I mean, like John Gruden, we've said enough is enough to John Gruden, he'll be going away now, for right.
0: Yeah. So Bo, we're out of time. Uh, Thank you. Before we run on uh, the show today, tell us what's coming up on the uh, coach Bo show on a uh, Friday and then uh, also Monday too, and where people can find you, man.
1: Okay. Well, you can find the coach bonus podcast, um, anywhere you find your podcast, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, anywhere like that. Rate us, review us. Give us five stars. If you give us four stars, I'm going to believe you're a hater. Um this week, what are we doing? We are going to do Coach Bono's rants. So I'm going to do Coach Bo rants. Uh, we're going to talk about John Gruden. We're going to talk about a few other things. I'm trying to find some positivity. Because I ranted last week. I don't want to be just negative. Especially Mondays, we're being positive. We're doing lots of good stuff. I want to keep that vibe going. And uh, we're going to have a couple surprises. We're going to review the Coach Bono's Fantasy Football League, our current standings. We've had a leader change, which is mm. big. we had The last undefeated has gone down. So, yeah. Um, so people who are listening to that will know about that. That's where a lot of our characters are coming in. If you're not a frequent listener, the characters that kind of come in on Friday's podcast, they're all in our fantasy football league. And that's how we introduced them to everybody. So go back to episode 1.5 and you'll, you'll be able to see it. Um, we are still scheduling for uh, this Friday's pod. We're going to be working on that here, actually in the next few minutes. It's what I've been distracted by. I'm trying to figure these last couple of details out. And I'm working on a couple of different things. I'm not going to give anything away yet. If you haven't listened to this past Monday, uh, Kyle Devlin was on the show. Kyle's awesome. He's a personal trainer. He lives in, the, lives in North Kansas City, and he's the most laid back personal trainer I've ever seen. There's a great talk about the values of, you know, just getting being active. He's doing a thing on Facebook now called From Dread to Shred. I'm actually being a part of it right now. Uh, I've lost about eight pounds so far. Uh, in 13 days and i've been really happy i feel a lot better and it's not about trying to work really hard it's about improving in levels leveling up each week i think you'll find that interesting we also talked a lot about the it's funny you mentioned sleep earlier we talked a lot about sleep so um and the importance of that so uh check that out i encourage everybody to check out those podcasts check out go back in the archives um we'll have some cool stuff next week but uh this week, go back listen to Mondays if you haven't listened yet. You kind of get a good flavor of what we're doing, and then on Fridays' pod, we'll be we'll get you prepared for the weekend.
0: Yeah, uh, big week on the network, by the way, uh, over the next few days. Not only your show on Friday and Monday, but uh, the Let's Go Racing with a David Starr crew. We are going to be live from Texas Motor Speedway with a special show on Sunday from the racetrack. And uh, we're going to be streaming it on Facebook and YouTube and all those streaming platforms. Myself, David, Dominic Oregon, um, and uh, Thomas Bridges is also going to make the trip. He'll be out there as well joining us. So we'll have a full house at Texas Motor Speedway. And then uh, on Tuesday, we'll have the launch of Luke Slayball's new show, Raw Tools, uh, will be available. And he's got a lot of stuff uh coming up so certainly excited about that about the launch of a raw tools coming up on tuesday so a lot of stuff ahead over the next couple days keep subscribed to this show the jones support new episodes out each and every thursday on apple spotify google podcasts leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all check out bo's show coach bo knows podcast new episodes out on mondays and fridays and uh, let's go racing with David Starr live from Texas Motor Speedway coming up on Sunday night we will see you then follow me on Twitter at Tyler Jones live Facebook at Tyler Jones live at studio soapbox and Twitter at studio underscore soapbox Instagram Jones underscore report Tyler Jones live you can find us there for Coach Bo Brian O'Connor I'm Tyler Jones thanks so long this has been another edition of Jones Report we'll see you next week